0: Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Awkward and Black. Apparently, Justin's singing to himself.
1: Oh, you're waiting for me to...
0: <laughs> no, it's Welcome okay. Don't back, say guys. hi. It's fine.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, had, I, had a, I had that song in my head. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. It's that, I don't know what song it is, but it's just like an old song. It's that chorus came in with all this money. I can't remember who's on that song. Um... I don't know. I just remember that part of the song, but anyways, don't worry about me. Yeah, welcome back to Alkaline Black. Yeah, how you guys doing? How was um, how was your week? How was uh, oh, your two weeks?
0: Two weeks. Well, yesterday, well, I didn't really do anything last week, to be honest. But um, yesterday, we celebrated my uh, nephew's fifth birthday. His birthday is actually today, the day we're recording, so he's five today. And uh, the party went a lot longer than I thought it would. Like it. It went like, it went long, like the, like my, so I have two nephews and a niece and my nephew whose birthday is now today is my sister's son. And um, they, as a family, we gifted him a Nintendo Switch and he has been, he has been just talking about this game system, okay? Okay, so also my nephew watches gameplay on YouTube so he so he likes watching like Mario gameplay. He likes what you know the uh, the Mario I don't understand Sonic Olympics,
1: like yeah, he loves, do it, though. He, he loves they it though.
0: he loves it, and he also watch watches that Ryan kid. Yeah, and he watches that Ryan kid like unbox toys. So he's super into gameplay. So every time he comes over, he normally comes over on a Friday and he will say, Oh Auntie, can we watch YouTube? And it will be watching gameplay because he's so into it. And so he was really excited for the Switch, like I was saying. And he kept saying that he, this is what he wanted. This is what he wanted. He's also really into Lego now too. And I wish that I could have like a photograph or a video of like his face when he opened that switch yesterday. I thought he was going to cry. He was, he was so happy. Like he was so excited <laughs> and so happy that it actually made me feel like really emotional because he was like, his face was just like, oh, like he could, it's like he couldn't believe that he got the switch. Mm-hmm. And it, that made me so happy. And it's just... It's like this whole thing. So his his, uh, his party was video games. So he's a huge fan, like I said, of Mario and a big fan of Sonic. And um, I coordinated to get him like Mario-themed cupcakes. So... Okay. The girl who made them made little like fondant decals of like Mario's face, Toadstool's hat, like the question mark, the star, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then he wanted a Sonic-themed cake. So she made the most beautiful chocolate cake. And she used like buttercream icing instead of fondant. And she like sculpted like palm trees and the gold rings that you catch. No one Sonic is running in the game and he gets the gold rings. She like sculpted gold rings and put it on the cake. It was honestly, and I knew that it was a good cake. cake. It was a, it was a great, great cake. I knew it was a good cake when my two nephews literally like, Scooped the icing off the plate. Now here's the thing, they don't like sweet things. Like they don't, cause like my 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 brother and my sister don't really feed them sweets or sugar. The fact that they ate the icing like that and weren't complaining that it was too sweet let me know that the cake actually was just like perfection. So it wasn't too sweet, but it still tasted good, and that made my that made my that made that I was so happy, <laughs> like actually. Mm. But his reaction to the switch, and then my my uh, other nephew. He got excited because they have a switch. And so he's like, oh, we can play together now. Cause you know, you can play online with it. So he's all, they're all excited cause now they can play games together. So when I called him this morning to wish him happy birthday he, uh, he was racing with his dad. And then they told me, so they got a racing game. They got the Olympic Mario and Sonic where they do the Olympics. Like they do karate and all that kind of stuff in the Olympics in the game. And guess what else they got? Your favorite game. And they got it for free. Smash Brothers. Yeah, he doesn't know what that is yet, yeah, but he's that. about to. So he's he really excited. Is, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what it is yet, but he's very excited. He was telling me, he said, like, "We got Smash Brothers." He's like, "I don't know what that is, but like he he's gonna play it." So that that was my Saturday. But the crazy big thing big was is Smash that Brothers. so my Saturday was a late day. So the party was at like two o'clock yesterday. The party ran. I kid you not. I didn't get home till like one in the morning, but my nephew was in bed by now because. They were just, like, playing, and my brother-in-law bought, like, a new TV, set it up. It's a 65-inch TCL TV. It's a big TV. (laughs) Like, I looked at it, and I was Mm -hmm. like, that's a big TV. Okay. And the funny thing is they haven't had a new TV in, like, 15 years. So his old TV was, like, a 720p, and now he has, like, this 4K six series tcl tv and he was he was like a kid in a candy store because afterwards he's like there's all these cool things that i can do to set up on my tv
1: mm-hmm. it was
0: it was mm-hmm. great you know when you get in, you get new tech and you're like oh this is so exciting
1: until you first he, get a smart tv when i first got a smart tv yeah. i'm like oh so i can set up google i can set up sorry netflix right on there and crave same. and disney and same da-da-da-da-da. it's like when i got the yeah, samsung in my cool. living
0: room same and I, he, was, he was so excited because yeah. they haven't had a new TV in forever. And every time they would come over and see our TV, he was like, yo, the quality of the picture on this TV is so good. And um, my Samsung is a 55-inch, and he has a 65 TCL. Like, it's impressive. Mm. It's The picture is so big. <laughs> like, I'm so used to my TV, but, I like, that type of TV couldn't fit in my place. It would just eat the wall, and it wouldn't look good. But, yeah. Mm. So that, that was my Saturday I was watching my, you know – Nephews and niece run around. They had a water gun fight. You remember those back in the day? Okay. Good times. Okay. And I those. I uh yeah, those. And then they had like a little party. Then they then at one point they like ran off into my nephew's room. And we're like playing and screaming. I play I got to play a few rounds of hungry hippo. Me and my niece won like three times. Oh yeah, girls team. Here we go. I That's
1: remember when that game came out.
0: Right? Doesn't make you feel old. Damn we old, man.
1: <laughs> I remember when that game came out. <laughs> I remember when that with the hippos and the mouse and everybody wanted it. I remember board games are like the shit. Like I remember when Sorry first came out. Mm -hmm. Hungry, hungry hippo. Snakes and ladders was out before our time.
0: Yes, it was. But that's still a fun Um, game. Monopoly
1: was definitely out before our time. But hungry, hungry hippo. Snakes and ladders. Well, remember the one where you would press down and the and the press down on a circle and it would um it would spin the dice. Yes, I don't. I
0: can't. Maybe. I'm remember trying to remember. The was I know one that is. Yes, and I just I just don't remember what it's called. What I remember.
1: I remember when Jenga first hit the scene. Oh, Jenga!
0: Still thing. loves some Jenga. I remember when
1: Jenga hit the scene. I remember that specifically. You know, headbands. I remember. No, I think I con- love
0: headbands. What? Headbands. Where like you put a headband on, you can't see the card that's in front of you, and you have to ask questions to figure out what you uh, are.
1: Oh, I'm not gonna lie. No. As a kid, I never actually played that game. But like charades. Playing times, it, I didn't play playing games, it. It's like
0: charades. Like we taught. We taught. Like my nephew plays. Both my nephews, they play Pictionary charades, headbands. Like, they're really into board games now, which I think is so cool because at one point, board oh. games was like a dying form. And it's fun to yeah. play board games because your whole family can play
1: It's always good. Yeah. If you got a lot of people over, you got family, yeah. you got friends over that like board games. Um, to be honest, I remember going to parties in my later 20s and like
0: playing board I games.
1: Think, yeah. Like, not, okay, it wasn't <laughs> like a lot of parties. Look at me, me, let me, let me. Let me just correct the story here. Um, Daniel had a friend. And she used to always have parties with board games. So that's That's why I remember that shit. But that's Every time we'd go to her parties or her friends' parties, we'd have, like, board games. we'd be like, all right. And then I remember, like, board games, like drinking. I remember that, yeah.
0: Yeah, board games are fun, though. Even as an adult, board games are fun. You can turn into a drinking game. Or you just get really competitive, even if it's not a drinking game. If you get broken up into teams, you're like, okay, guys we need to win like you get really competitive playing a board game it's a lot of fun I'm trying to
1: think of i think to this day like the games that i really liked were like when it came to card games it was kind of just crazy it's like i didn't grow up playing uno to be honest people always like, you don't know how to play uno i'm like i have no club. i can
0: play you know so Not it was, very well it was, to me it was crazy eights with
1: cards crazy eights with cards dominoes yeah, monopoly those I would say would be my three. Crazy eights when it comes to cards, Dominoes, and Monopoly. Those would be like my three. I will never board games that I would play, play Monopoly
0: with you because of how competitive you and your family are.
1: I like Monopoly.
0: Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. I'm sitting back and watching. I've seen bark. I've seen y'all play games. Old rules, no, I've seen y'all play games, not me. Mm-mm, I'm not that. I'm competitive, but not like that. Like, <laughs> I'm not like that, not me. I'm going, good.
1: going in for blood. Going in for blood. Yeah. Blood and bag or rights.
0: Uh, Yeah, you remember? Remember what two Christmases ago with that thing where you Mm -hmm. unwrap stuff and all the like? I'm watching everybody sitting there like, "What is happening?" They're all strategizing of how and I'm like, "What is Mm -hmm. happening?" It's a Mm -hmm. game. It
1: becomes war.
0: Y'all are funny. (laughs) It's interesting. I remember the
1: first time participating
0: is a whole other thing though.
1: I remember the first time I won Domino's. I remember the first time I got to six. People who know Domino's know what I'm talking about. I remember the first time I was the first person. We played to six. I was the first person to get to six yeah. games ever in my life. I'm the youngest of two brothers, two sisters. It was most of my brothers that play and my other cousins. And when I got to that level, I was done. I was done. I retired. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm not playing this game anymore. It's over. I did what I came to do. Took me 20 something years. I accomplished this. I'm done. I'm hanging up my jersey at the Raptors. Let it swag every Christmas. We could bring it down and chair on it, but I'm done. Done with the whole thing. I'm done. That's funny. I'm done after that. That's funny. Nothing left to done.
0: I I can play dominoes, but like, no, I don't think as well as like my brother can play dominoes or my dad. No, I definitely could never beat my dad in dominoes. My dad, I couldn't.
1: Yeah, I think the older generation is better at dominoes.
0: Also, oh when they like slam it on the table, I remember when I learned how to play dominoes, I was in Barbados for the first time. I was like eleven, and they were trying to teach you how to play dominoes, But they kept, t- I kept putting the domino down instead of smacking it, and I was like, "Dude, that hurts my hand." <laughs> <laughs> I was so soft. Only smack I was like, it ah. "When you're
1: about to win, if you smack it at the beginning, you ain't smacking it for no reason. Just smack nah, it when you about to win." My uncles are like, "Play disrespect. it like you mean it."
0: Play like you mean. I like play it like you mean. What? Can't I just put it down like a regular person? Like why? Did, why do did I have to be so aggressive? No. Playing that? and I, I didn't even know no. Domino's was no. till I was like eleven. So that's a whole other thing. But yeah, that was that was my uh, Saturday, and then I came home. Techn- technically, I came home this morning. We watched a movie, which was hilarious for me because I wanted to watch something funny. We watched Twenty One and Over that came out in like two thousand thirteen. I died.
1: Funny. It was funny. It was funny. It was so funny. To- I enjoyed it. I missed it. those type of college high school humor type of movies like I sometimes I actually crave some of those so I miss those nice. yeah
0: and then I didn't go to bed till like three in the morning and then I woke up and felt like trash and then ate breakfast and then fell back asleep and then woke up
1: <laughs> I do not go to bed until like 3 am every single day sometimes that's because your bed is uncomfortable like, I've been <laughs> well i bought I bought a new mattress today but I've been <laughs> contemplating getting like melatonin and then I'm just like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And then I just don't get it. But um, no, I bought a new mattress today. So we'll see when it comes. I've had the same mattress like most of my life. so You know what we can do mattress, next but, like, time? We'll you see. should
0: use the mattress for the two weeks, right? And then we, you can do like a little little mini review and tell us what you think of the mattress. Don't say anything about it now. Like review it and then I say this is the one true. you got and then like talk about it. I might do that. Because even I want to know if it's good. <laughs> I
1: might do that. I forget what else happened this week. Not a damn thing. Nothing. Oh, Ontario's what? opened up, and okay, this well, I Well, not understand. fully, not so fully.
0: It's we, in phase. Well, mostly. not
1: fully, but we decided to open up like the patios, basically. Um yeah. And this was Thursday night at twelve o'clock, basically for Friday. Basically, mm-hmm. these people decided, and this was mostly a downtown Toronto thing. I'm pretty sure there's people who don't live downtown who drove in for this bullshit because maybe I have, I expect that to happen as well, but it was mostly downtown people. They lined up at like from 1150 lining up outside bars and restaurants on a Thursday booked off the Friday for work. Also, they could go to a patio, get drunk and sit there with hundreds of people. Now, let me just say this. I have no issue people do what they got to do, man. Um, I don't know. I don't. Like I said, I'm an introvert. So COVID's not affecting me the way it's like it's affecting me in a sense where it's making me rethink a lot of things in my life, especially when As it everyone, comes to like yeah. career moves and like long term jobs affecting me in a sense where like people I know their parents have passed away, people that are close to me. So I feel the effect there. But I guess because I'm an introvert, just sitting at home in my room watching Netflix all day, smoking weed, working, really not doing shit with my life, is not necessarily affecting me the way it's affecting other people. Like, And it's also because I'm working, so let's put that out there as well. So I understand that. But the people who are like, yo, I need to get outside, in my mind, I guess the way I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I already have one shot, I I can't get the other until September, but I'm like, aren't you guys just going to re-spread it, bro? Like I'm like, when, well, when remember, we open they're... it, why don't we just all act normal? Like if we open well, it remember, and we all jump together Now you guys are just now gonna... the
0: shots now because they're trying to amp it up because now there's apparently this variant called the delta variant. Um, they're trying to speed we keep up. creating for people. more variants. Yeah, they're just trying to speed up people to get your shot. So now what it is, is that if you can, our age group hasn't opened up to move our shots up, I don't think yet. But at at some point, it's going to open up so you can move your appointment up. And then what it will do is when you're making your appointment now, if you can move it up, it will it will let you know that you have an existing appointment once you book the new one, and then you can cancel that one. So once it opens up for our age bracket, it's possible for you to probably get yours probably sometime in like August, like a month before.
1: Or something like that. No, no, no. I, I have no issue with getting a new one. I'm just saying. No, I'm that, just like, saying
0: that that's what the they're more, doing now because the they're, they're trying to be like, oh, get, get everyone vaccine as vaccines as you can. Mm.
1: But the more people go outside there and mess with each other, I'm just like you guys are just going to create another variant yeah. to it, and then and then the the vaccines that we already have are not going to work for that variant. I and and I know some people feel like because like because like okay, at least at least in Ontario, I'll just speak for Ontario. At least in Ontario, it's like yeah. Most people in Ontario have not been vaccinated. And then you have the second population, which is the people who have had at least one dose. And that yeah. that's about, like, I don't know, l- less than half, right, have had one dose. Most people have had zero doses. And then you have the last population, people who have had two doses. Those people are literally... People who have had two doses in Ontario are literally people who are, like, over the age of 65, have critical illnesses... Or nurses, doctors... Anyways. Or nurses, doctors, understand People who are like frontline workers who work in hospitals and all that kind of stuff. This is the thing, right? After we get the vaccines, Mm -hmm. I feel like, like, okay, remember how in the beginning when this first started, we said that life is never gonna go back to the same? People are never gonna do this stuff? I'm like, no, I was wrong. People don't give a shit. After we get the vaccines, I really think that everybody is going to go back to exactly how they were. People are not gonna care. People are going to be in the club, kissing each other, doing what they got to do. They're not.
0: Well, look at
1: look I, at the I always I always thought that now. the moment that we got the vaccines, like the buffets were going to stop, and all of these very public things were going to stop. But now the, the way I, the way that I see how people are once they have one vaccine, like they literally are licking the ground. They're like, "Yo, it's
0: we're, we're cured." I'm saying, I'm look like, at the no, way that the phase of the stages is. Like you have the stage one that we're in right now. So as of right now, you can gather outside with. 10 people from 10 people outside in a group, as long as you're like physically distanced. And then if you're indoor, it has to be like only members of your like immediate family or something like that. So if you invite people over to your place, it has to be the function is supposed to be held outside if they're not a part of your family or something. Like, I think that's what no one's following that shit. And the, no, no of course not. Shit, and then you have, um, what was the other thing? Oh, they the bylaws that were put in place for COVID like wearing a mask inside of stores and public places where like you're enclosed, those bylaws have been extended, I think, until like October or something like that. So people are still going to have to wear masks to go into malls, to go into restaurants. And now all the restaurants have up those dividers where you can take it off when you're eating, obviously, but okay. they've extended so the bylaws so that they don't expire. I think that I can't remember if it's until I'm- the end of July or if it's October, but they've extended the bylaws to try and give enough time for everyone to become vaccinated but I'm one of those people who realized that wearing a mask in winter actually did protect me if people were coughing and sneezing on the bus, so.
1: <laughs> the majority of people that I know, once they got one vaccine, they were like, I'm cured, I'm doing whatever the hell I want, can't tell me shit. Yeah, is so not a it's cure. Just like, and I've noticed this, I vaccine only have, I only have one so far. I, I have only none. have one I get, so oh, far. Oh, but I get my even first one tomorrow. I, even after, even, even, congratulations, even after I get my second vaccine, after I get my second vaccine, I'm still wearing the mask. Like yeah. I'm, still, I'm gonna wear the mask at least for another year because just because I got both of these vaccines. Remember, these vaccines were created overnight. We don't know the long term reperc— we, 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 I can't even say the
0: repercussions.
1: word. No, repercussions of what's gonna happen. We have no fucking clue. So it's like for me to think, yo, I because remember, remember in the states how people were taking the vaccine and they were able to reget COVID because they were just out there. So it's like, if that was happening there, of course it's going to happen here. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take my second vaccine. I'm going to still wear the mask, and I'm going to go on with my daily life at least for a year. Like, if I'm going somewhere where everybody in there has to be vaccinated, then at that point, I might take off the, the, the mask and go live okay. my life. yeah, I can but see that. But the majority of the places, the majority of the places, they're not doing that. I think only only to fly you can do that. And I think there's going to be certain like concert functions where the artists have said, the artists have demanded people be vaccinated. But outside of that, it's like, so I feel like, like, listen, I'm not I going go to the grocery on a store. Plane,
0: I, feel like, I feel like if I ever go out anywhere on a plane, even if it's next year, I feel like, because I was able to buy N95s, you actually can buy them now. I would buy N95s and go on the plane wearing it.
1: Because in in my mind, that's I'm that's there recycled and I'm like,
0: air. I don't know who has what. So
1: no, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Because I'm sitting there and I'm just like, you guys don't think you can catch this shit again? You guys don't think there's gonna be another strain that's gonna come out? Like Which I said, is the people Delta are literally variant. like, I got the <laughs> vaccine. I'm licking the I'm licking the ground. Like they don't care. And I'm just like, okay. I had somebody message me because I sadly have conspiracy theory um, friends. I know these people. I swear to God, I don't have flat earth friends. I never had flat earth friends. Oh, that's good. The only conspiracy theory friends I had were like George Bush did 9-11. I had those friends. And then after that, it was like Obama secretly the devil. I had those friends. And then Beyonce and Jay-Z are in, um what's it called? What's the strip in this? Um, the Illuminati. Illuminati. I had those friends. And now I apparently have a few people that believe that the vaccines are fake, the vaccines are not real, we shouldn't be getting them. So I had a friend, <clears throat> after I explained to her that I got the vaccine on Instagram, decided to tell me that, oh, haven't you seen the thing about... um. Like what's it called? The pennies and the keys sticking to people's head because the oh, yeah, when they
0: become magnetized, magnetized or something? Yeah. Oh
1: God! So 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 then she sends me a video of someone that she knows who has done this. So I'm looking at the video. The girl puts the the, the 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 key to her head, lets it go, waits around, starts talking for five minutes. Key falls off. Puts it back to her head. So I'm looking at the video, I'm not even saying nothing yet. Then she's going in, the voice notes, I can't believe this. And I'm sitting there and I'm like... You, know,
0: you can take a dime and stick it to your head and the oil's on your hold face. On, hold on, hold right? on. I and know, I was, okay. I, was I was about okay. to
1: get there. I was about
0: to get there. I'm like, I've done that like, as a
1: kid. he <laughs> said was like... We grew up in the same era. Do you not remember when people used to get the pennies and the quarters and Thank put you. into their head and walk around school and do a magic trick for the idiots in class that didn't know it could stick yet? Everybody thought it was... And then we all realized it could stick and we are like, oh, remember that crap? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, why? They used to have this like the Adam Sandler movies back in the day yeah, or the Home Alone movies back in the day. That's, That's how not anything old school that was. And I'm just like, these people are idiots. And then she's she's You're telling pink. me that I I'm magnetized now and 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 it's and oh I'm oh uh, I'm gonna have back pain and the, you, you know when people start going into their conspiracy bag they are yes. like oh it's gonna mess up your your H five H tube We're like what the? I'm like where'd you guys get your degrees I know the University of YouTube is not that hard to get into but there's too many degrees being assigned after the University of YouTube <laughs> and she's just going into the doctor Sebi bag and I was just like okay I'm done i don't i don't need to be a part of this conversation
0: honestly it's too much for me man
1: but everybody everybody make sure you go out there and you uh you guys get your get your vaccine. here's the
0: thing you everyone everyone you know, it's funny everyone's entitled to their own opinion because you have the power yeah, of choice of you can choose what you want to do you know what i mean you can choose there are some individuals who see the vaccine and they're like i understand that it's here but i think that i want to wait to see what happens in a year before i do it I wanna see what happens in two years. It's not, they're saying, it's not the fact that I don't wanna protect myself, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. Then you have other people who just straight don't want it because they are like, no. Some of the people don't even have a reason. They're just like, I don't want to. And then you have other people who are like me, who are like, yeah, I'll get it done.
1: But everyone's getting
0: it. I know. But like me on the other hand, the person's like, yeah, I'll get the vaccine done. And you know, I, as I said, my sister is a nurse. I've spoken to my sister about it. And I, I trust my sister, so. And she got it done and my sister's currently pregnant. So <laughs> so I, I, I trust my sister. And I also believe that, you know what, if I'm gonna do it, it'll happen, fine, yeah. The funny thing is every vaccine has side effects and even vaccines that we all know can still affect people later on because we are all different. Mm-hmm. I think it's just what you choose. I think for me, the, the hard part for me is when people want to shove information down my throat from sources, like you said, from YouTube or TikTok and they want to tell me what i'm doing for myself is wrong and i said here's the thing what i choose to do for me actually does not impact you make your own decision for yourself there's nothing wrong with that that's fair like i don't understand why you have to convince me like what is it like why why is it so important to you shouldn't you just do as best for yourself you can't force people the same way i'm not trying to force you to do something i'm telling you hey by the way you have you have choice And if, and if someone tries to explain it to me and I say, listen, I understand that that's how you feel, but I don't feel the same way. You can't force me to feel a certain way. I do hate people who are like these type of anti-vaxxers though, who literally try and say that everyone is, they're trying to murder us and, and that it's terrible. And I'm like, but didn't y'all get the same vaccines? Look at your age bracket. You got vaccinated as a child. Your vaccine record was put yeah, in your like school record. Listen, I... I <laughs> no, no, no. But, just, myself, but you I see what I'm saying, right? Like, I look at it like you... Your vaccine I, yeah, no, record no, no. is put into no, your school moment, file when you go to school.
1: The, the moment like, you start there. using logic and reason with these people, you sit there and you're just like, okay, okay. Hold on. Weren't you the one yesterday saying you were going to do a molly? Weren't you the one... You've done do you know what's before?
0: in that? <laughs> like, come listen, on, If man.
1: you've done anything besides weed, okay... If you're talking about the vaccine, nah, bro.
0: Yeah, I wonder what you're putting in your system the from then, okay? Listen, the you're entitled to your choice. Anything it's but you just weed. don't try and force me to change my mind. Like take the vaccine,
1: bro. Like, I don't, I don't get what you guys, like, you guys were just living reckless and dangerously two years ago. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> just like, what? But, you know, I feel you. I feel <sighs> I definitely feel you.
0: But you get it.
1: F, I'm sorry. Sure I, I, I just don't bother. Yeah. I get into these conversations, I lose brain cells.
0: Right? I can't do it. I'm gonna make sure I, I'm gonna make sure I go to bed tonight at a decent time. My appointment's at
1: 11:30. Okay, we will take two seconds. I'll give you the I know. And, uh, which you one know? are you getting?
0: I think I think they're giving me Pfizer. Okay. I think my thing go says on. Pfizer because it tells you. <laughs> <I don't laughs> it's all
1: right. Get, okay, no,
0: that's fine. That's fine. It's fine.
1: fine. <laughs> Side of us.
0: I feel like we could talk about theories, the conspiracy news. theories
1: all day. And yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the news. No, don't let me get into my conspiracy theories. Shut up, these other conspiracy theories. But I, know. I was watching the news this week, and I seen what was happening with Naomi Osaka. So from what I understand, she decided to withdraw from the French Open,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and she decided to do it because of her mental state. She says that she's been dealing with depression. Um, she's been feeling not necessarily lonely. I know she has a man. I forget his name. He's a rapper. Y.N.B. Cordain. I'm pretty before, sure. But before
0: that, she withdrew from the French Open, she didn't do the press for the other open she played in. Remember? And then they hit her with a fine. And she even explained. She's like, yes. I just don't have, I don't have the capacity to do this right now. And she got fined. I don't remember. I can't remember if the fine is 5000 or something and she, like that.
1: Well, 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 I, I understand the reason for the fine. And I'm going to jump into that. I'm not blaming them for the fine. But how I is the fine like the fair if fair. you know the penis. person
0: is not mentally stable to have this conversation? They're telling you, "I can't." Her it's, team told it's them. It's still
1: fair. It's a contract. It's, it no, it's legally a contract. It's fair. It, I know it, it is. What like what the fine is is that when you so it's the same thing in the Olympics when when you are a player um, who chooses to sign up or your team chooses. No, to sign up. No, I understand that. I think natural. a lot
0: of people just said, "Couldn't they actually like, just it, see that she actually is suffering?" And then, but it doesn't matter. She can afford the no, fine. but that's No, no.
1: See see this this is this is the one thing that I disagree with cancel culture with I think, you, I think you have to have the standard set. I think once okay. you start creating these situations where it's like, okay, she's feeling depressed, so let's not fine her, then you're going to have situations in the future with other fines. So for instance, you might have a tennis player who breaks their racket, which has happened before and you've gotten fined for that, right? But then you get a tennis player who breaks their racket in the game and then says, I'm going through depression. I'm not trying to make fun of Naomi Osaka by any means, right? But they're saying, I'm going through oppression. Now now they don't got to pay, right? Now everyone going to come up with this right so that's why i'm saying when you have these rules listen at the end of the day if you are if you if you are a great enough athlete and if you are a skilled enough athlete and if you are a lucky enough athlete to get your chance to get it to play at the top tier of your athleticism for your Mm -hmm. sport where Mm -hmm. you are getting paid millions of dollars not even for winning but just for kind of just being a part of it in general but obviously for winning it's more they you have know, promotions I'm not saying that these people are not regular humans I'm not saying that they don't get depressed yeah. the, way the rest of us do of course they do but what I'm saying is if you are legal if your team legally signed you up and you're obligated to do the French Open and then you I love how it's the French Open so the extra scent of racism is always in there when I hear French. But, now, at the end of the day, that's what's on the contract. Same thing in all the other Opens. So if you choose to leave, which you have, okay, you can here's leave my re- you Okay, to. no, no. You, you have to pay the fine.
0: Okay, but here's my rebuttal then. Then how come they didn't find Rafael Nadal?
1: Who's Rafael Nadal and what are you doing? He's also,
0: he. I think it's him, is Rafael Nadal. There's a famous male tennis player. He said he wasn't going to do press because he just wasn't up for it. He was not fined.
1: But she said she wasn't going to do press and she didn't want to be a part of the open. Or was it just the fact that no, she
0: No, it was press. the press. It was the, so press, the press part. She, she played to and it, didn't do the fine. press. Okay. This guy said that he didn't okay. want to do it either, but he didn't get fined. So how come, it's okay for him to, how come it's okay for him to say that he's having problems yeah, it's not I okay for her and she gets fined? Okay, okay. That's let's, why I was, let's let's revisit. Revisit. So I was looking let's, at you. Let's let's
1: back. I was back. like, hold on. Let's talk it I was like, hold on. Okay, so how
0: long was this? It was for the same thing. He plays in the male version, obviously. Around the same time that now. Is this now? Yes, it's now. Now, oh, okay, okay.
1: So, this happened, no. so you're going to tell okay, me that well then she if says that case. everyone
0: causes like this huge kerfuffle online and then you find her. But then another famous male tennis player is like, you know what? I'm feeling kind of like this as well, but he doesn't get a fine.
1: Because well, let's, let's, let, let, let's, let's use the cancellation. He's famous. He's
0: super famous. So you're going to tell me that no one ever talked about finding him. And for what I could find, okay, he okay. was not fine. So.
1: OK, so. OK, OK. So let's. <laughs> Let's unpack it, as we would say. So, so Naomi Osaka, Nonsense. who's who's American, who's um, Af- who's black and Korean, or yeah. Haitian and Korean, I should say. Sorry. Um, very very well known player. She's very very famous. She already she already has ad sponsorships with notable ads. She's up there. Um, so or it could have been Roger Federer.
0: It's be- one of the famous males who pulled out, who was not fined. Regardless, this okay, wasn't fined. Okay, okay. so I'm making me mad now. So
1: she decides to play in the French Open but not through the press, and therefore she's fined fifty thousand dollars. And she said she didn't want to do it because of her oppression, uh sort of her depression, sorry. And then Venus Williams backed her up and said she's been there herself, which I respect. Little sister, big sister right there. Now there's this other male player mm-hmm. who is also known, who's also very famous, who's not going under the radar, and he decided he didn't want to do the press and he didn't get fined?
0: Yeah, he he was not fined. He wasn't fined.
1: French? No, he's not. No, I don't even know. I don't think so.
0: I can't, I I don't don't think he's French, but I remember that after what happened with Naomi Osaka, I can't, there's so, there's like three famous ones and I can't remember which one it is, but the article came out and everyone's like, hey, but he did the same thing just the other day and he was not fined. That's why everyone was like online going, um... Excuse me. Was it the
1: French Open that this happened at?
0: Well, it's the it male different? one that he was in. So they, they happen at the, around the same time for men and women. So whichever Open Naomi did first, because there's another one, because she did one that she so it's pulled same out open. of the French one. Yeah, but it's just the male one. I can't remember which one of the three famous ones, but he didn't want to do press, and he didn't get fined. But Naomi Osaka was fined. That's why everyone, because it came out, and then literally someone like two days later released the article saying, but hey, can't remember his name right now he didn't do press because he said himself he was like you know i'm just too stressed out i can't do it right now but he was not he was not issued a fine but okay. you find well, naomi I would, for the same offense
1: i would i would say um, it's either the fact that she's a woman and this is a gender bias or it's the fact, i don't know what race he is i have no fucking clue he's white um oh, okay or it's the fact that maybe cuz she's a woman and she's a minority woman and they just don't i don't i honestly don't know but I would say that if he, if he ended up not getting charged and she did, then there obviously is a bias that needs mm-hmm. to be spoken about if that's the case. So I take back what I said in the beginning then. I was just saying that if they have a rule and you choose to leave, like if you're working somewhere and they tell you that you have this many days you could take off and you've taken those days and then you have one more day but you're depressed, they're not going to pay you. You already have all your paid days. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You already used all the time and all the days. So that's why I was kind of using the logic in that. But if he didn't mm-hmm. get charged, then yeah, it's a different conversation we need to have. You're
0: that's the thing though. It, it right? seems it seems as if that it just became a problem when she decided to say, No, I'm not doing the press. And that's actually that's actually why she pulled also out of the French Open. So not only for her mental health, but then she said that she was not going to be doing press afterwards. And her team decided just to actually pull her completely out of the open because she was just going to get another fine anyway. Like that's that's ridiculous. I hate you. Because I'm thinking in my mind, listen, if it's going to be if it's going to be fair across the board, then if you decide that you're going to pull out, like you said, contractually, yes, you will get that fine. But if you're only going to fine the female player and not the male player, for the exact same offense. Not to mention That's what you're her if issues made like, me? but her issues made actual headlines. He said the same thing and no one cared. Yeah, Everyone was like, oh, okay, take your time. So is he though. It's okay for him to take his time and to be like, to take a step aside, but it's not okay for the woman to do. It's like, oh, because you're a female, because you have to keep playing that hard so people remember you.
1: Well, no, Na- Na- Naomi's issues made press because she was fine. His issue yeah. didn't make press because he wasn't fined. But what I'm they saying is she door.
0: literally said, I don't want to do press. He said the same thing. He was allowed to go off, not be fined. No, I agree. And nothing you. happened. But then Naomi says, you know what? I can't do this right now. Not only does she get a fine, it makes headway. And the way that they were writing the titles, people were like leaving out the fact that it was due to her mental health and she just couldn't do it. They're making it seem as if that like, oh, well, well, yeah, you're, you know what you signed up for when you became an athlete. You write. And it's like, Wow.
1: Well, you already know the tabloids are gonna are gonna do that. That's, that's,
0: that's, oh, that's, I know. That's job. I'm just saying it's interesting because this person, I wish I could remember which of the three it was right now, but I, But it doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that they're just as well known. They are just as famous, and the only reason that theirs did not make a headline is because they weren't fined. Yes, that is true. But they did the exact same offense as her, and they were just like, okay, they were just, like, oh, you know what, you know what, honey, it's okay if you're not feeling well today. It's fine her on the other hand what do you mean you're not going to do the press that's uh, not that's ridiculous
1: wow
0: uh, you don't get you don't get to treat them differently i'm sorry no so much for equality uh, apparently they do uh but uh um, <laughs> no apparently yes apparently they are very like no no you that's happening it's fine but this is me just going on my little tangent about the fact that i thought it was stupid
1: No, I. I. Naomi Osaka should really uh, push for that to be investigated. Then, to be honest with you, though, I feel like
0: she doesn't even care because she already knows that she's going to suffer some form of depression. She's already dealing with
1: depression. I think. Exactly. So I don't think it's worth it for
0: her. But I will say that for the fact that she's like, you know what? what?
1: Add to the depression. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. But for her to sit back and like, you know what? Look, I can't do this right now, so I'm just going to withdraw completely instead of suffering another fine. I actually think that that's also great that she was like, okay, I'll take a step back.
1: Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I don't want to tell her to fight because she seems like she's already in a position where certain things are bothering her. So to jump on her and be like, oh, you should fight, you shouldn't let this slide, it, it's a little much. Well, um, I wasn't even I saying for her to fight, chooses, I was just saying
0: for people to be aware.
1: No, 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 I, I'm agreeing I'm I'm with you. I think whatever <clears> she chooses is <throat> the best opportunity for her. But I think yeah. it does, this situation does bring up the inequality, whether it's racial or gender bias, that is happening within uh, the tennis organization. Definitely. <laughs>
0: that's true it's funny, you know I, I love watching tennis actually I prefer watching, not know, I prefer watching I'm not female really tennis, tennis. Like that I, I prefer watching female I feel like tennis.
1: majority of I feel like the majority of people who watch tennis watch female tennis at least There's, since yeah. the year 2000
0: yeah probably yeah that's I started really watching true.
1: tennis yeah because I started watching tennis in like 2000 and three, four, like the Serena Venus era, and like yeah. I would just watch their matches. And I feel like most people I know who watch tennis watch female tennis. Like the stars since the year two thousand I, I can't really go back to the nineties. I was a kid, but since the year two thousand, the stars of tennis have always been female. Yeah. Whether it was whether it was Serena or Venus, now Naomi, but even between them, you have that um that Russian girl, um oh my God. The and one I'm that Serena always goes against.
0: Not Anna Kornikova. They've
1: always been female. No, the stars no, some, not, an,
0: not Anna female. Kornikova. Oh, what is her name? I know exactly what you're talking about, you know.
1: The stars oh, this is gonna of... going to drive me nuts.
0: Because yeah, yeah. I, I can see her in my head and, with her long blonde ponytail, and I just cannot remember her name right now.
1: Like, at least at least the stars of tennis that are known to people who don't watch tennis, yeah, who are marketable, who don't watch tennis, are always female. So I don't know a lot of people who really watch male tennis. I think that's why I was so shocked. Like, I'm not shocked when I find out that... NBA players get paid more than WNBA because it actually doesn't make sense. Like men and women support the NBA. They buy the jerseys. They go to the games. Nobody supports the WNBA. Women don't Mm -hmm. buy the jerseys. Women don't go to the games. Women don't support the merch or the product or any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for the, the, the the minority of women who actually play um, females basketball on a lower level trying to be in the WNBA. They will watch and they will support. Um, but yeah, no no because because when I um cuz when I when I look at it, I'm just like in tennis it's the opposite. Like the female tennis players are what bring are what bring the money into tennis. The female tennis players and their matches are the ones that you'll see on the highlight reel of whatever sports channel you're watching in the morning. Like the female tennis players are the ones that you hear in pop culture everywhere. Like, they're the ones that bring the audience to tennis. So for male tennis players to make more than female tennis players, that's an argument that I would like to have. Because that's that's an argument that's a little crazy there. Because for once, the feet, in my opinion, mind you, I don't play tennis. Let's take this into, into case. But in my opinion, as an outsider, it seems that female tennis and the female tennis players are much more known by the general public than the male tennis players. From what I would say,
0: I would agree in with my that. My personal
1: opinion, they seem like that's where, like, cause okay, I used to go to York University, so York University um is one of I think three spots that's a major tennis court for Ontario. So mm-hmm. tennis players will come and play at York University. I forget what it's even called. My bad, but whatever. So when I was at York University, every time Serena was coming, it would sell out. Like I mean, like the week before, you would see the the posters, the billboards. It was always mm-hmm. on the weekend. Sometimes a, th- a Thursday, Friday night. Like the parking lot would be packed. People would be all through the school. It would be, it would be. You would like. It was like it's like when you watch those movies and you and you see like those southern football colleges. It was huge, you know, and this would be people cool who are from them. outside of York University going to this, like because cool it was it cost though. money. Yeah, it, it was packed. So it's like and then the male tennis players would also come and play here nobody gave a shit. <laughs> so in that case yes female tennis players should probably get paid more than male tennis players in my opinion from what i can see just a visual aspect of it
0: that's a whole other conversation about what's gonna happen to tennis
1: <laughs> too much they back, definitely but, yeah. need that sport that's one sport that, that that's one unisex sport where male and females both play. In our oh, bones. I
0: agree. I didn't, I, I, I didn't start watching tennis. Five. I didn't start watching tennis until Venus and Serena were playing. Yeah. That's when I started watching tennis. And then I got really, and I didn't actually realize how difficult it actually is to play tennis <laughs> until I watched it. And then I wanted to play tennis because me and my little self was like, I'm like Serena Williams. No, I'm not. But I like tennis. <laughs> I like, I, I idolize I like both I of really them. Either. I was both of those. I thought to see, to see them play and also, too, just the amount of power that Serena had, I was like, wow, she's strong. Also, mm-hmm. you know, watching her serve and when you'd see the meter count of how fast her serve was, I was like, that is so cool to know that it's possible that you can hit a ball that fast.
1: <laughs> no, it was great. I think it was, it was amazing. I, I,
0: I th- still do. I still get impressed when I see it on the TV. I'm like, damn.
1: I, I wish. See you, I see you knocking down these these perfect segues as well, and I appreciate that. I appreciate what you're doing there. Segues, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, Serena. Serena was definitely known for her power. Serena was when Serena came out. I think yeah, it had to be the early 2000s because I was in middle school or high school at that point, and I remember Serena like the fame around Serena took over overnight. Mind you, I went to a high school that was uh, had a large black. Um, I don't want to say, maybe, maybe majority, minority, at least half the school was black or more. So um, yeah, it definitely took over overnight. Serena was the household name, literally Serena yeah. and Venus were household names. Uh, I remember when I was younger, Serena was literally in every hip hop song imaginable. Like everybody had lyrics about booty being paired to, compared to Serena or a body like Serena or my girl look like Serena or chocolate like Serena Serena. Serena, Kelly Rowland, and Lapita. is very late to the game, but Serena, Kelly Rowland, and Lapita, I would say would be like the three dark skin. when you think of like the image yeah. that dark-skinned women love, like the, the dark-skinned woman goddesses, yes. it was Serena. Yes. Yeah. Kelly Rowland was the OG, and then it was Serena, and now it's Lapita. So it's yeah. just like Serena. Serena has been. Serena has been like a standard for like dark agree. skin, beauty. Or, or Serena, or Serena's body has been like, has been like a standard for like black women in general. Like Serena's really been put on a pedestal, and this yeah. is why when I seen this article, um, I've seen this all over the last two weeks actually. So, um, who who did who did the photo shoot? Actually, let me start it off. From so
0: there. that's the th- I don't know who actually the photo shoot was for. I've seen the article, but they like it doesn't actually fully list it out. But that I. The funny thing was, I learned about the picture through you because I didn't actually know that this picture was even going on. You're like, oh, did you see this? And that was when I had to go, like, look for myself. But the photo since then, I believe, has been deleted. And it doesn't It doesn't actually say who was... It actually doesn't say who did the photo. It just says in a now-deleted photo. Was- hmm?
1: Pardon? So, basically, what happened was... um, No, no, I, I hear you. Basically, what happened was um, Serena. Serena did a photo shoot, and the photo shoot came back, and it looks like Serena's bleaching. So Serena's been accused yeah. for bleaching. Everybody in the black community, on every podcast, on every YouTube show, everywhere, everywhere I watched over the past two weeks, you know how black Twitter will take one topic and just yeah. run with the shit. Yep. So it was like Serena's bleaching. Serena's bleaching. Serena's bleaching. So then. I was kind of watching it on Vlad and I kind of had the same opinion as Vlad because I was kind of just like, I don't see, and I know the black community, we like to attack people right away. Shoot first, Mm -hmm. ask questions last type of thing and I'm aware of that. So I had to sit back and really digest it. So I saw the pictures. Does it look like Serena was bleaching? Yes it does. Is it that she's bleaching? No, it's not. No. What it looks like is it looks like whoever did the makeup for Serena. I don't know if it was her people. It was the magazine or the publications people that did the makeup. And this is what happens sometimes when you don't hire black makeup artists. I don't know if the girl was black, but by looking at this, I can speculate she was. So when they did Serena's makeup, it looks like her face literally looks like Halle Berry and then her neck and everything else looks like Serena. It looks like a calm face. It looks stupid. Yeah, it's
0: weird. I have
1: said many, many times, especially when I was younger, I used to always say this. The one thing I hated growing up is when I saw like dark skinned girls with like light, light makeup. I never understood that. And especially when I would go, especially when you're at the club and the club lights come on after and you see someone's face (laughs) and neck is two Uh different colors and you're like, bro, like it was a lot. It was a lot. I'm not gonna lie, but it is what it is. And I, as you told me back then, before Rihanna and all this, they didn't have certain foundation for certain women who were dark. So that was probably they the only makeup they could get. Understandably, half now, the time Serena they look gray, rich.
0: they look ashy, they look pale. They didn't. They didn't have the oh, proper foundation. No, so the under it looked. It, it, like it was bleaching. terrible that it didn't exist.
1: Oh, I've trust me. Now, now Serena is bleached. No, I'm sorry. No, no sorry. Now, now Serena is rich.
0: I'm about to say, oh, There's
1: <laughs> also you also have Rihanna's makeup brand out there as well. So. I'm looking at it and it, it looks like somebody did the makeup bad and yeah. but the part that bothers me is it looks like serena's man was there so i'm guessing he looked at her and thought it was okay and serena also had the chance to look at her makeup because you do your makeup in front of a mirror sorry look at a mirror so i'm pretty yeah. sure serena had the opportunity to see what the hell she was looking like but it looks like serena okayed it i don't know if when she looked at it in the mirror as they were doing it, she had one of those makeup lights on, so she couldn't really tell the difference. say sometimes if, if you, you have check. that
0: light, yeah, you can't tell sometimes with that light, and it looks like it's okay until you step away and get a photograph taken. You're like, oh, crap, I look terrible.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if she had a chance to look at other mirrors as she got outside. Listen, Sharina could have seen herself, could have not seen herself. That's All I want to say is this. Like, when this comes to this, it looks like it's a bad makeup job. I would blame... I would, I I don't know who to blame for this, but like I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people were saying it's bleaching, then they're saying it wasn't bleaching, but then they were going off about the fact that uh, Serena wanted it to be white, and that's kind of where I was like, that's kind of where I argue with Vlad, because I was like, Serena has never struck me as that person. Serena has always not only backed blackness, but kind of put it forward. So yeah, I just I just think it's a situation where i i wish i wish that serena did look into a mirror outside of obviously the makeup mirror when she was because i'm pretty sure there was mirrors on the way there and there's mirrors everywhere but i'm surprised that nobody on her team didn't say anything so like her husband Mm -hmm. didn't say anything she wasn't able to look into a regular mirror and see herself nobody like her assistant was probably there other people who who are Either her husband or her assistants were probably there. Nobody said shit like that. That tells me everyone around you is a yes man, but no one said shit. But I think what I started to see the biggest backlash from was from the black community, like all over social media this week. And it's like I've had my issues with Serena, and it's mainly just I just didn't like the way Serena spoke about black men when she first started dating. This guy she's with now, right? So, and I and I talked about this how this becomes a trend with black women in America. The moment mm-hmm. that they get themselves, a, they do is go on national television and shit on all black men, and then tell other black women that they they need to find a white guy too. And I just think it's contradictory because um, black men don't do that, but it's but you still hate when they interracial date. But you're telling people not to to interracial date. Yeah, I just think it's a little. but it's the bullshit that we do to each other that i always talk about right we fight each other but with that being said like the only issue i ever had with serena was the fact of when she said that like black men black men weren't good and they cheated on her or whatever the case may be or or the fact that black men didn't appreciate her and i sat there and i was like first of all you dated rappers you dated common Mm -hmm. you dated aim you dated drake Serena clearly has a light skin preference that nobody else wants to talk about, but we'll leave it there. Mind you, Serena has talked many, many times in her past about how when she was growing up in Compton, she felt insecure as a dark-skinned woman, and she talked about it many, many times. But it seems like she has taken that, from what I've seen, Serena's only dated light-skinned and or white guys now, right? Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, nonetheless, um, I didn't like Serena's comments just because I was like, you've dated rappers your whole life. Three rappers. Rappers have a lifestyle where they're in the entertainment business. They're in the music business. They have groupies. They have yeah. fans. Constantly out on the road. They're going to cheat. You're not dating a businessman who's black, who's who's uh, who's of the same stature as you. You're not doing that. Now you're dating the white business guy. But that was my concern and my my issue was how are you going to compare somebody who grew up in an upper middle class family who went to an ivy league school who is now a a, a reputable member of our society who owns and operates a company to somebody who made it rich when they were 18 off of rhyming (laughs) words together that's true lives a life where there's glaciers swimming around them all like it's non-comparable right but you know i can go on about this ad nauseum but you get my point but i would say that even with that being said i don't like the way that the black community has been getting at serena because I've never questioned Serena's blackness. Mm-hmm. I've I didn't like what she said about black men, but it, it becomes a typical trope of black women in the United States to do that. But I just I never I never questioned her blackness. Serena has always put her blackness forward. As I said in the beginning, she's always been seen as like one of the three pillars of dark skinned womanhood, yes. whether it's her body or just her in general. Serena's body. And beauty has always been glorified in hip-hop. And Serena has entertained that shit, of course. Um, So I've never questioned Serena's blackness. Serena has always put the fact that she is dark-skinned and that she looks a certain way as the forefront of her imagery, right? With, with With the outfits and everything. So I've never questioned it. And I, I don't believe that now because Serena is married to a white man that she's been married to for years now and has kids and everything. I don't believe that she would now cross over sides, especially when her whole entire marketing is on the fact that she is a dark skated black woman. Like it just it doesn't make any sense. So I, I think these are people feel like, you know, reaching out at straws. I don't really see that. I just think that they had a bad makeup artist that was probably yeah. by the publication and nobody on her team told her anything, which I think is a bit faulty on that side. But, and even after when she got the photos, like she didn't ask to get that edited or nothing, but that's just my opinion.
0: When you sent me the photo and I looked at it, I just thought to myself, who did her makeup? It was completely, I love makeup, but looking at her face, I'm not gonna lie. Serena looked like one of the, looked like she looked like one of the characters from White Chicks. That's, that's actually what bad. she looked like. It was bad. It was and bad. then was I was trying to figure out what happened. Then I found out that, oh, the image had been deleted. And now there was this. So then I saw this article. And that was the article that I sent you. And they were showing like a side-by-side comparison. And this article was actually defending Serena. And then, then Serena had posted a photo with her husband. And then I was like, oh, it was just bad makeup, bad lighting. Because it was like she... It's like because the makeup was so light and then they had studio lights on her it just washed out her face so the makeup but was already in the picture bad
1: you showed me where they're outside where they had right, the sunlight saying, the makeup no no bad. What
0: I, it still looks bad i'm not saying anything against that i'm saying the first image that was released because the makeup was already terrible and then you have on this super bright light it made her look bad. even it looked it made this it look even worse then when i saw it with her husband i was like okay so obviously the makeup is still bad but now there's no bright light, it's just daylight, but it still didn't match. Like her, like it still did not match. And that is fine, but I never once for a second thought the Serena was bleaching. I was just like, it Looks like no. someone picked a foundation shade that was literally like eight times too light.
1: Like Serena this, bleaching this, didn't even hit, it didn't it even didn't hit my, my brain space.
0: I thought people I were like, actually oh. criticizing her about the makeup just being bad. It was afterwards, and I saw the bleaching comments, and I was like, wait, what? Like that confused me because I said like, I, I do not think that for a second because she is so proud, so <laughs> about the way she looks. Good, so I just I couldn't believe it. though. when I when I actually saw what she looked like, I was like, wow, that's a terrible photo. The one with her husband isn't any better, but it's better than the one that they put out where she just looks like she looks like she's on the cast. She was on the cast of White Chicks.
1: It looked bad. It looked really bad, bad. and I'm I'm mad that nobody on her team around her didn't say anything. Like, Like, I'm wondering, did she have the final say? I don't want to. I'm kind of mad that her husband. You're
0: mad that her husband didn't say anything. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. What if he thought? What if he
0: thought it looked fine?
1: I think that's the part that people. Somebody mentioned that, like, why didn't her husband say anything? And I was kind of like, okay. I tried to look at it from devil's advocate side. I was like, okay. You gotta look at it this way. Like, I think it's one thing when you guys are of the same culture and Mm -hmm. you can be like, because men in general already don't wanna comment on their woman's appearance, whether Mm -hmm. it's with clothing, whether it's with makeup. Men in general tiptoe around that, even if they may not like what they're wearing put the makeup on or is wearing they regularly won't say anything they'll just be like okay because they know that it's just going to create other issues so imagine a woman of a different race and now you're trying to tell her like hey um i don't think the makeup matches your skin like it's 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 more convoluted now because it's like you don't know how makeup is done in this race you don't know if what she's doing is something that she wants to do you don't you don't know for instance, if I was dating an Asian woman and she decided to do the geisha shit, I might be like, but it would be hard for me to tell her that. I'm not of that culture. I just, Like I said, it's a hard conversation to have. So I think as a man in general, you already don't want to say anything about the way a woman's dressing or her hair or her makeup, those three as a whole. And then as a man of a different race to come in and make a comment about the fact that the makeup is too light for you, I can get why if I was him in his predicament, I probably wouldn't have said shit either. <laughs> or, oh, you know, you know what? I probably would have done. I probably would have reached out to somebody on her team
0: and said, so, "Can you go talk to her about a good it?"
1: Relationship with and bumped because at the same time, even though I wouldn't have said anything, I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily want her to go out there and take the picture if, if I thought that she didn't know. So I'd probably talk to somebody else on the team and be like, "Oh, how do you feel about the makeup?" You think she knows that? Like, but I probably wouldn't jump in there either. Like, I understand why he wouldn't jump in. I could understand.
0: Okay, it makes sense. I just, I would just love to know who was around her other than him who didn't notice that there was something wrong with it.
1: Oh, there was lots of people. Well, this is what's like, what happens when you're rich. When you're rich, you have a bunch of yes people, right? They don't want to. They just offend don't want to say anything. They just don't
0: want to say anything. Well,
1: it 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 looks like. Let it you out there and be a jackass. <laughs> it, it looks fucking so- um, horrible. Speaking of things, speaking of things that do look horrible. So Monique was commenting this week about she put a video up on Instagram. I don't follow Monique. I don't In really either. care for Monique. When I was when I was younger, I used to watch the Parkers because the Parkers would come on right before Girlfriends. I was a Girlfriends fan, so I would catch the Parkers like that. I would watch the Parkers. I thought the Parkers was entertaining. I actually did think... I'm not sure if I watched every episode religiously, but when it was on TV, back when I was in high school, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I thought Monique was okay. I remember she had the movie about the fat girls and... She went to africa and found a man and all that and i i thought monique had a a a thing there i thought she had she was representing the big girls she's always talked about cleanliness and keeping herself well put together so monique's always been on that trope so Mm -hmm. it wasn't a shock to me when monique came out and started talking about the fact that she doesn't like bonnets that's right up monique's alley monique's always as a big girl monique has always commented about the fact of like women taking care of themselves and proper hygiene. And, you know, she's one of those old women who wants to tell younger women how they should be and how they should talk to their man and how they should organize themselves. And, you know, Monique says, yes, daddy, to her man. So, you know, Monique's been a part of that patriarchal, let's bring back the conservative ways of being in a relationship bullshit. So none of this is shocking. Monique telling women how to dress and what to wear. This is who Monique is. Now, with that being said, um, when I watched it monique was talking about how she doesn't like women wear bonnets and she went outside and she thinks that bonnets is something that should be worn in-house and she thinks that black women in the community are losing their um their essence that made them special of when they used to come outside dressed in their Sunday best every single day here's my opinion on this okay okay I as a black person I grew up with that mentality You always have to come outside in your Sunday best. You always have to be dressed to the nines because you never know who will see you. I think we're all raised with that mentality across the board. And I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't conform to that mentality because I think that that mentality is the predecessor to the materialism that exists within our culture. The fact that people as we get older will spend hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars on sneakers, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on jewelry, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on bags and clothes of of luxury clothing that they can't even pronounce, nor like it just it's excessive with us. And I feel like a lot of these people don't have enough money to buy this, and sometimes their closet or the car they drive costs more than the place they live in at. And sometimes it just it, it you're not really helping anybody if you're just buying materialistic shit but you live in your mama's house or you buying yeah. materialistic shit but you're renting or you or you have a car that costs more than the than the place you're renting it just it's just stupid it makes no sense so i'm not really a fan of that i grew up with that mentality it exists in the church heavy i went to a church where you had to dress up on the sundays i grew up with that mentality i'm not a fan of it because i can see where it leads to now with that being said when Monique's talking about people shouldn't wear bonnets outside. Now, I had to think about this for a second. And I, I know you have your opinion waiting. Now, bonnets to me, and I'm, this is the way I'm thinking about it. So I just want to clarify yeah. this with you. Bonnets to me is the same thing as what I would look at a rag. A guy puts a rag on to either keep his braids intact so it will last for the full week or two weeks. Or he keeps it on when his hair is lower to hold his waves. Sometimes you have a mid haircut. cut. He may keep it on as, again just to make sure his hair is still soft. So a do-rag is basically for the sole purpose of keeping your hair soft and moisturized, right, so it doesn't break. Now, when we were growing up, people wore do-rags outside. I wore do-rags outside. Thank God that style ended. <laughs> well, I look back at it as a grown man now, and I'm like, nah, man. Like, when I see a nigga with a do-rag outside, I'm like, you really don't give a fuck. Eh? You don't have no job. You ain't going nowhere. You don't give a fuck fuck. If you walk outside with a do-rag, <laughs> especially some socks and some house slippers, I don't oh know what to do a fuck. I know you're like, fuck it, I'm unemployed. I don't care. I get that. I understand that conversation. Now, I personally wouldn't wear a do-rag outside at my age. When I was younger, yes. Do I, do I, do I stand on people wearing do-rags outside? I'm not going to tell people what to do, but in reality, I think wearing a do-rag outside is kind of stupid, now that I'm a grown adult, because it's like you're using it to keep your hair take it off and wear your hair outside. Now, people wearing bonnets. Now, when I was in school and when I was coming up, girls used to wear head wraps of yeah, different, they of still different do. colors to match their outfits or just different head wraps. Of course, of course. I don't think I've ever seen a girl wear a bonnet in public. Like, I had to really think about it. Cause I know my boy DM was going in about the bonnets. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a girl wear a bonnet in public. Personally, I've seen many girls wear head wraps of different colors uh the african style head wraps to the regular caribbean style head wraps i've seen people wear lace fronts and wigs and all of that but a bonnet like a bonnet i put on the same level as somebody with rollers in their hair like where you would see would in the nat- 90s hood movies like let me say this i think the only time i've ever seen somebody wear a bonnet outside is like i've had situations where i was going to let the corner store So the corner store is where you might go to get your gas, you might go to get your chips, your whatever. I've seen people at the corner store come out of their car or walk across the street from where they live in their bonnet to grab something. But I've never seen nobody at like a mall or even a strip mall or anywhere like that with a bonnet on. So if that's what's happening in certain states, then I know it's not my place, so i am gonna let you go right after this. But I would agree with Monique not to wear the bonnet outside. I would agree with it, but I know it's not my place. So go on.
0: So I've worn a bonnet most of my life. Like when I was a kid, first it was a stocking to keep my braids.
1: I had a stocking too before the D-rag, that. Yeah.
0: And then oh, it was, it was and then it eventually led to a stocking and a D rag. Cause then I slept so rough that it was to keep the stocking on my head. <laughs> and then I got a bonnet when I was, like, a teenager, and it was silk. Like, it, it looks like a silk shower cap. It's actually what it looks like because it has, like, the trim here and you put it on. And to me, a bonnet is meant to help protect your hair to so it doesn't – because, you know, pillowcases, unless you're sleeping on a silk pillowcase, your hair will break. But also if you have, like, twists and even my twists. I sleep with a bonnet on because I twisted my hair or if it's in braids or even if I have in, like, crochet braids, something like that. I put a bonnet on so my hair is not tossing all over the place and unraveling, getting fuzzy. Um, When I moisturize my hair, it's meant to help maintain the health of my hair and the integrity of my hair. I've never worn my bonnet outside. I have worn head wraps outside where I have my head like a particular head wrap that looks like a headband. I have another head wrap that covers my head entirely and then I twist it on the top or even the head wraps where you kind of tie them in the front and they sit like it's, a head wrap and a bonnet are two separate things to me, I personally would not be wearing my bonnet outside. First off, it's actually meant for sleeping. that, that That's the point of the bonnet. Sometimes you, sometimes I wear my bonnet in my house if I'm not going anywhere and I'll keep it on all day because <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. And if I fall asleep on my sofa, my sofa is not made out of silk. So then if I'm sleeping and I'm moving, my hair is not catching, it's not getting ruined. So I agree that no one should be wearing their bonnet outside unless, you know, I don't know. You just got your hair done, and you're going home, and it's raining. Like I, I like I, I actually can't even think of a yeah. reason why I'd actually have it on. And now they even make, they now make waterproof bonnets that are shower caps, because you have, if you have in crochet braids or braids or whatever it is, because your hair is so there's so much more hair that you need something bigger to put on your head. And I get that. Like if you just got your hair done and it starts raining, I get why you'd probably put it on at that point because you're like, listen, I just got these braids yeah. done. It's yeah, not I get it. Like I throw it. I get that. Yeah like that that's actually more of a severe case cuz you just got your hair done. But if you're just like going to the grocery store or even just out, like I like you like you I was raised that when I leave the house, not only do I have to dress well, I have to smell good. Like that means I've showered, I've lotion, I have on some type of scent, mm-hmm. I have on a, I have on a proper outfit. I even have on accessories. <laughs> like I look like I'm put together mm-hmm. at all times. Like that's just how I was raised to always look nice. So I would assume that that's that's what she's talking about to like present yourself the way that you want to be perceived. And like, you know what I mean? Like I don't really, um I don't really understand that. I personally would not be wearing my bond on that side. Head wraps, hell yes. Wear them all the time. Love them, especially when I don't feel like doing my hair. They're great. <laughs> or if I'm trying to give my hair a break, like manipulating your hair to twist it, put braids in, crochet braids, single braids, any anything to manipulate your hair. It puts a lot of stress on it after a while. And sometimes you yeah. we'll just leave your hair natural. You will Change, yeah. smooth yeah. it yeah. down. You'll smooth it down. You'll only, you'll put on a cap and you'll literally only lay your edges. And then you'll put on like a headscarf and the rest of it's protected. And you put on like, put on a headscarf or head wrap. It looks like your hair is done because your edges are laid, but everything else is like whatever. Or sometimes you don't even do your edges. You just cover the entire thing. So... I'm okay with that part, but I would I would not be wearing my bonnet outside. No, never. Because I don't do it like that.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with Monique. Um Again, I'm not out here. Monique is a people bit extra. For me, I, I like, didn't know people I, was wearing bonnets outside. Am
0: I even talking about Monique at this point? I just like for her to say it because to me, Monique is a little bit much for me. In mm-hmm. certain aspects, so like I'm not even thinking about She's her. Much for all of us. I'm, yeah, I'm not even thinking about her. I'm just thinking about like what I would do for myself. <laughs> That's all yeah, about.
1: Monique. Monique is a bit much. I I could definitely test to that. Like, I don't know
0: why anyone. Yeah, like, box. I'm not really sure. a fan of Monique, but. I was <laughs> hmm? I'm not a fan. Of, I'm just. I'm not a fan of Monique either. Some of the things that she has said before in interviews, like when she calls her like husband daddy, like that's weird, man.
1: That's yeah Monique okay Mo- Monique is basically she's the female Steve Harvey the same way Steve Harvey takes it upon himself to be like the leader of black men and teach black men how to wear a suit and how to act and how to financially take care of a woman and how to make sure her feet don't touch the ground and you have to be like this and be like this and then he contradicts himself and talks about how he was once broke living in his car until his 30s but he's telling other men they need to have it at 22 or he contradicts himself and says, you have to find a queen and be faithful to her. But yet he cheated on his last wife with his current wife. And it's just the contradictions just keep running off the table. It's like the same thing as Monique. And I I said this before on the podcast that like Mm -hmm. the people, people in general and the people who become celebrities. Yeah. And then take it upon themselves after they become celebrities to become like the moral standing of black culture and inform black people how to act, how to talk, what to do. It always backfires on them, from Bill Cosby yeah, to Steve Harvey to Monique. And that's why I just don't respect that. You got to let people do people, man. You can't it, – it's 2021. You can't get everyone to be uniform. It's not going to happen. But I know people are wearing bonnets. People are wearing bonnets out here. I get it, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah, I guess. But... I didn't know that, though. Well, damn.
0: I think... Was it you who um, brought to my attention that... So, the Rugrats are... Is it a live-action film, or is it a cartoon?
1: It's, like, one of those... um, Like, you know, when they... It's, like... I think it's going to be, like, the Muppets. So I think it's okay. live-action, but I actually...
0: You said... So... You sent it to me and I was kind of confused. I was like, wait, are they, are they re-released? Cause at first I thought the cartoon was coming back and I grew up on the Rugrats and I, I would probably still watch it yeah. now. Cause I rewatched recess. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I would probably still watch it. Now. I thought that, I thought that the cartoon was hilarious. When I was younger, I thought that, I thought that that's what I did as a baby. I thought that I had all my baby mm-hmm. friends and we just me like too. did nonsense. I just me don't too. remember. It's like when I used to say baby geniuses, I said, Oh my God, was that me anyway? <laughs> um, so when you told me this, I was like, Oh, that's cool. They're bringing it back. And then you explained to me that I can't remember the name of the mom for the life of me, but she had she was the mother to the twins, right? And you're saying that now they're br- they're bringing her back, but now she's like a single independent mother who is like a lesbian. So is that is what a, it is? Is because me- she had a husband? Yeah, that's in what progress. it is. She had a husband. Yeah, in progress, that's what
1: it is. But it was the only other. S- so. In Rugrats, in I Rugrats, understand. there mm-hmm. was there was three husbands. There was Tommy Pickles' dad. There was Chucky's dad. And then there was the other dad who was married. The dad's name the was twins. Howard. Yeah, he had the twins. So what happened was, like, Tommy Pickles had a mom, Chucky's had a mom, and then the twins had a mom and a dad. Now, the mom of the twins was always a bit, like, boyish back then. If you remember, she Her name was always Betty. in the workout gear Yeah, it was
0: yeah. Betty.
1: Yeah, she was always in the workout gear with the headband. She had a very raspy voice. So, mind you, this I came to think out when the fitness early 90s. instructor like, on the show actually when I was
0: a kid.
1: I it's like, is, nobody really thought she was gay. We just kind of thought that she was the fitness instructor, and they were playing on the fact that she was more manly. But I think at that age, as a child, I never thought that the mom was a lesbian. I never once thought that. Yeah. But I could see why people would think that. I'll put that out there. But I think again, this is you know. Disney and other movie properties you know and I'll say this I don't want to say the bending to woke culture because we're all part of woke culture right I'm liberal too but what I'm saying is I think that there's a way and I've said this a million times mm-hmm. I think that there's a way to naturally put in these characters without making it like an after school special right but they're completely rewriting the
0: storyline because they were married and now he's not even in the show that doesn't make any sense they're completely eliminating a character and changing a character as well which i think is ridiculous and if you're gonna
1: do a if you're gonna do a remake of like the only jewish television show that we ever had it's just like yo keep it the same that's why I don't get. It's just like when I saw the mom, I never once really thought about that, but I could see where you would think that. Like I'm not, it's justifiable. No, I get but it's just it. Like, because... but, but, but what I, I don't get is like, it's supposed to be a movie, right? So it's like, so in the original movie, all of the kids had had, a, had two parents. Now we have, and I understand this was the era of the nuclear family. So now we're reinventing the movie and two of the kids have two parents and the other parents and the two twins have one parent and their mom is gay. Like I get it, I get what you're trying to do. I get what you're trying to do. Sorry, I get you're trying to be inclusive to all of the gay kids or all of the kids growing up with a gay parent growing up. I understand all that, but just leave it alone, man. Because it looks forced. It always looks forced. That's
0: what I'm trying to say. I don't see the I don't see the reasoning behind changing a character who we grew up seeing, be married to Howard, and now they've completely taken Howard out, and now she's single. And look, I'm listen. I always say I'm here for representation, of course. But if you're gonna do this, introduce a new character.
1: It, it lit, Yeah, have have an aunt come in that brings in another baby. That's that, what I'm saying.
0: Don't don't or change like, or like or like. I think changing it is actually or, ridiculous. Like introduce a new character instead of changing something that already has existed. Like all of us have the memories. You know what?
1: I just thought about something. I remember um Angela or Angelica, whatever her name is. She had the black friend Susie. No, she yes. was a doll, but she had a black friend. Yeah, no, no, and she had a black We never yeah, saw Susie. the black friends. We never saw the black friends' parents, and I'm hoping yes. that the parents don't come up with one with one.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny? That, you're the right. We never, never we the did. We didn't one see parent. her friends.
1: Because <laughs> I, I was about to say, I'm sure there's another character. And then I'm like, yeah, they would have chosen a black character. I'm just all right, okay. I'm just I think about know, you're
0: like, all right, okay. T- I never. What was her What was Angelica's best friend's name?
1: I can't remember her name. It's
0: gonna drive me nuts. Cause you said that. Susie and for a second I thought her name was Susie, but then you're like, no, it's Susie a, doll. Was a doll.
1: But but at the end of the day, like like when I look at this, it reminds me of like the black the black um Superman. Like yeah. I look at stuff like this and I'm like, okay, Superman has always been white. His race has always been white. Now we're going to create a black Superman. Do you know how Oh we talked about this sounds? and I was like, that's
0: stupid. Like,
1: but that's what I'm saying. It's like we just stopped doing this stuff. Like, just stop doing this stuff, man. Whether it's black Superman or they have to make the auntie and the rug grads. No, her best friend was
0: Susie.
1: And, oh, okay, okay. so that was. It was Susie goal.
0: Carmichael. I just looked it up because I was going to drive me nuts. It was Susie Carmichael was her best friend.
1: Well, I'm glad they haven't changed her parents yet, but we'll see. We'll hold off and see. Yeah, because the person who did her voice was that light-skinned woman who does all the voices. Um... She did Codename Kids Next Door. Yes. She did all the voices. Oh like, my, and
0: she's actually a really famous voice, voice actress. And I just can't remember her name.
1: Isn't she an actress as well?
0: Yeah, she is. I just can't remember her name right now.
1: Isn't she... Um. She was in... I could be wrong. Is, isn't she in a different world? Isn't she, friends, she from a different world?
0: Mm, maybe. It is. Yes, I think you might. She's, a, she's a like a famous voice actor. Yeah, world, she's a famous waist- voice actor.
1: Yeah, yeah. she's a it famous is. actress it's, it's, from Argentina. Is you it that Frenchie?
0: That. I can't remember. I have to look it
1: up. It is her because I saw some special with her on it, and they're showing all the voices that she's done. She's a lot of voices. It is her. It's the girl from a different world. I'm not sure if yeah, it's Frenchie, yeah. but it's the light-skinned girl as you go from a different world. It's her. It's her. Yeah. It's Cree her. Summer. Yeah, yeah. Cree Summer. It's her.
0: Cree Summer. Okay. She's
1: in a different world. Cree Summer's a different world, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That's why I looked it up. She played Winifred.
1: Winifred. Yeah. 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 I remember because I heard her voice. She had the same voice. That voice is recognizable.
0: Is it raining near that you? i
1: whiny... No, not near me. I still got the sun out. Thank God.
0: It just started raining down here. And I think that's why we're having technical difficulties.
1: That sucks. me, it ain't raining. <laughs> For once. Usually I get the rain first because I'm more north of the city.
0: That's so funny. Now that I know that. But now I, now I know that Angelica's best friend's name is Susie Carmichael. Now I got to see what's going to happen.
1: They stop ruining my childhood. Man. Just leave it alone.
0: I know. So I'm saying. I don't like it. I don't like it. But, okay. Well, let's get so, into
1: this next topic that you...
0: I want to talk about this for a very Okay. So, yes, Ontario, as we talked about earlier, Ontario had, is slowly opening up for life in stage one. So... There was a trip, so there's this is clothing brand. They're not a clothing brand, they're actually a clothing company who have like a, their own clothing, but they also carry a bunch of brands. They're called Revolve and they're American. Um, they decided to have a brand trip and the brand trip was to Bermuda. Now I'm thinking, okay, you're going to Bermuda with a bunch of people. There's There were influencers from Canada, there were influencers from the States who were at this. I believe there's a couple of UK influencers there as well. So there are different people coming from all over the place going on this trip. Here's my problem. So as you know, here in Canada, not everybody is fully vaccinated. One of the, one of the influencers in particular who was there, she's a girl that I follow and somehow I'm I'm older than her. And she's like, she's like 27, I think, or 26 or 27 or something like that. And she was able to be fully vaccinated because she actually left to go to LA like over a month ago for business because her brand she does she has an american manager and then at the, i guess the last leg of her business trip turned into her going on this revolve press trip because she is like a revolve like ambassador i guess you could say they are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so when i heard like when she said oh i'm going somewhere really special but she didn't actually say it then, you know, she posts on Instagram and all of a sudden she's in Bermuda. And then I start seeing all these influencers who I've seen start posting that they're in Bermuda. So the stylist for Insecure posted something. And I said to myself, this makes so much sense. She's, a, she's the wardrobe stylist for Insecure, the girl who posted it. And so she pretty much had it here. She said, so she's trying to understand how Revolve is hosting a press trip on a 21-mile on island with one hospital during a pandemic. When the locals are subjected to a range of restrictions that do not seem to be honored or required here. So the locals of Bermuda were from there. Shout out to
1: my um, off-Caribbean people.
0: They apparently, like, the things that are happening to them, some of them can't see their families, their businesses are shut down, but then you but then the the Bermudian government gives permission for this large gathering where they have people who are from Bermuda entertaining them? Mm -hmm. Because there was snippets on Instagram of the people there entertaining these people. And I'm thinking in my head, how, and like how? So because I became curious, I went onto the actual um, Bermuda government website and Revolve was issued a large group exemption like notice. And it the publication date was on May 13th of 2021. So this was done obviously like a month in advance because they went in June. So they got a large group exemption and it seems here looking at it, it's just like they got, they, they, they were like, oh, you know, it says all persons attending the Revolve group meetings must maintain appropriate physical distancing, which is described as maintaining a distance between all persons who are not members of the same household. Or at least six feet, three feet, provided each person is wearing a mask. Group ha, ha, how group meetings? They don't live together. They're all influencers from all over the world. And just just so just to be clear, in every single post that I saw, these these influencers post, not one of them was wearing a mask. Not when they were at the dinner, not when they were sitting next to each other in the dinner, not when they were taking pictures on the beach, not when they were on apparently like a boat in the sea, in the ocean, like doing that they were not wearing masks. Now, I don't know if it's because they weren't wearing them during these like publications, but I don't care what anybody says, you and I both know and everybody listening knows they were not wearing those masks because the, some of the people said, oh, just so FYI, everyone knows all of us are fully vaccinated. We had to get tested before we left. We had to get tested when we arrived. So it's like, okay. But yet the notice is saying that these people have to be from the same household. How can you be from the same household when we live in two different countries? So looking at some of these things, also just side note, they got Shaggy to perform for them on the boat. Just wanted to throw that in there.
1: Shaggy fits right in there. (laughs)
0: So my thing is this, if these people who have been in your country, I don't care that they're a part of a group, I don't give a crap. What happens if because of them arriving there, regardless if they have been vaccinated or not, the Bermuda goes into another lockdown when they already apparently are having a shortage of vaccines? And this island, like she said, is only 21 miles long. and it only has one hospital. So your influencer party was more important. Yeah. And also the Bermudian government has been turning down actual citizens who have been trying to like open up their businesses and have like events outside. And they've been told no, from what I can see here yet, this is an interesting thing. So yet, so she pretty much said, keep the same energy when Black Bermudians want to celebrate the emancipation of slavery and be at the, uh, the county games and be out in the water this summer. Make sure to hand out some of these exemptions to local companies because I've seen them given for your yacht races, the St. Regis opening, and now a Revolve press trip. She says the co- the common theme here is rich white privilege because all these companies are white people who are coming into this country and pretty much just exploiting it. Yes, Bermuda is a beautiful place, but we're, st- we're still having a pandemic. These people still live here. And when you leave and potentially have brought something with you, what are they supposed to do then? I think for me, the part that really irritated me after reading this and seeing it and all that stuff, I think what really made me upset is the fact that even though this one influencer who's actually originally from, um, I think it's Brazil, portugal i can't remember right now but she posted the fyi statement that i mentioned before and then there was not a peep out of any of these people about the fact of all this was happening on social media and then one influencer who was there um she is black she posted when she was leaving and she said that it was brought to her attention about the controversy around the revolve press trip and that she hopes that her being there has not caused any type of offense. And she hopes that she will be welcomed back with open arms to this beautiful country. (laughs) You don't find it interesting. You like that? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I understand that everybody's like, I want to travel and I want everything to go back to normal. I get it. But at the same time, I don't care if you're fully vaccinated you're going to an island where some of these citizens have not been vaccinated because there's not enough you're going to an island where you're not wearing a mask but you're being entertained by the people of this beautiful country who they themselves can't even open up their own businesses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're going to this place and not even choosing to acknowledge the fact that that, that you're that your obvious privilege is allowing you to have this type of vacation. I don't care that you're getting paid to take pictures on a beach. I don't care that you're getting paid to make content. At the end of the day, you're still a human being and you should have more tact than this. You didn't have to go on that trip. You didn't. And also if you did decide to go on that trip and you decide to play ignorant, you could have at least talked about the fact of why you're there and maybe, I don't know, Offer to make donations to their local hospitals, maybe even to food banks, to offer to do something, because you have enough privilege to get onto the island. So that means that you must have some home or money. So why don't you use it to do something good with them? Asking, because at the end of because at the end of the day, if you cause mayhem and they have to shut down again, what are they supposed to do then? It only takes one person, okay. and there was literally over like thirty of these influencers on this island.
1: Let me let me let me say this again. None of this shocks me. It's not the
0: none. fact that I'm shocked. I'm just irritated that they're um, like, ignorant.
1: This Tuesday. Um, let me explain.
0: Technically,
1: why. it's Sunday. So <laughs> technically, it's Sunday. You're right. So, um, how should I say this? The people who keep complaining about COVID. The people who keep whining about, I don't want to take the shot and all this other crap, are people who live in the first world. Canada, America, the UK, first world people. Meanwhile, there are people in India who are dying by the hundreds of thousands because of the overpopulation and the smog it is is spreading like wildfire. Meanwhile, there have been countries in Europe who were decimated. There have been countries, basically I can go on about this. But when this is all over, what we're going to see is we're going to see a lot of first world people using the third world and the second world to vacation in after COVID is done or after they've personally had their vaccines going over there and still spreading it obviously they themselves don't have it but they still may be a catcher of it. we don't know that just because you don't have the vaccine doesn't mean you can't you can be still a be a carrier, carrier of it. so they could still be a carrier and that's what's gonna happen to these countries let me just explain this to people who don't know um the reason why i'm not shocked is because the caribbean And the islands, even though Bermuda is not in the Caribbean, it's similar to Guyana. They're both not in the Caribbean, but the culture is so Caribbean that they're Caribbean. Mm -hmm. I think Bermuda is actually right across from North or South Carolina. So it's a little bit above. But all of the Caribbean islands, since their emancipation, their sole purpose in the world is to be vacation spots for white people mainly the ones that came from the colonial backgrounds that once ran the country and for tax havens for rich white people. That's their sole spots. We just happen to live on these islands. Our parents happen to be from these islands, whatever the case is, but they don't give a shit about that. They're for tax havens and they're for vacation spots. As me and you found out being first generation um, Canadian Caribbean kids, there's Caribbean islands that are not even independent, they are territories of their former powers. There's the American Virgin Islands. There's the British Virgin Islands. Um, the Netherlands has Saint Martin. Um, say the French have Saint Martin split down the middle. Um, Carousel is one of those. Turks and Caicos. Turks and Caicos is one of those. And um, Bermuda. Bermuda is owned and operated by the British, same as the British Virgin Islands. So this is a territory. So this is really used as a haven for British people to come on vacation. And it's really used as a tax haven for British people as well. Um, I've met one person from Bermuda when I was at York University. Um, They have British accents, kind of like a British Caribbean, but more British than Caribbean, to be honest with you. Really? I've never met
0: anybody from Bermuda, so I actually don't know.
1: The reason why I'm not shocked by this is because this is always how it is when you go to Jamaica, and I didn't know until I went to Jamaica, there are certain islands that the Jamaican public, the residents of Jamaica who live in the country are not allowed to go to. And if they find out that you're a resident, they will kick you off the the beach, sorry, and arrest you. So there's certain beaches that are only for tourists. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about the beaches that are connected to the resort. I'm talking about public beaches that are only for tourists. That jamaican citizens can't go there and i'm pretty sure if i go through the rest of the caribbean there's a bunch of these places so the caribbean has always built things for the sole purpose of bringing in tourism these things are for the tourists they're not for the regular people you see this all over the caribbean this is no shock to me so the fact that bermuda would host these people knowing that the majority of their island has a vaccine and then have people in their island serve these people entertain these people when they have to go home to their families when the bermudian government hasn't been giving them money but yet they're opening up facilities to these people and they haven't opened up the local businesses so people can survive none of this none of this shocks me
0: no, the government is, I'm not saying it's None not. None of this
1: shocks just, me. I didn't I'm know that. I'm just disgusted. And, and the fact that, like, as you said, the people said, we hope you have the same energy when it comes to their their independence day, which is, every Caribbean country has one. It usually falls on the same day of their carnival or... Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say their, their carnival, their fete, their juve, their whatever. Um So, yeah, it it doesn't shock me. None of this shocks me. I feel bad for the Bermudian people. I'm not shocked that the rich and privileged of many countries can come there and spend a little bit of their money and be taken care of. None of this shocks me. I I do think it's a messed up situation morally. Um, I do think that the Bermudian government should have put a pause on it. But then again, the Bermudian government would rather get international money which means more to them than local money. So that's probably why they did it, because they thought, but this little party is not going to fund the whole economy. I don't know what they were thinking, but maybe they just wanted a money grab. Maybe the person that was organizing this was friends with somebody in the government and said, listen, this will give me a couple of well, money. no, they've also money. had, had the opening of the St.
0: Regis over there. They had a yacht thing that happened over there in Bermuda. So there's other events that have already
1: Okay, so this is basically them saying that this international money that we're getting, that's filling the pockets of the rich people in Bermuda that own these things, are more important than opening up the small businesses to feed the actual people in Bermuda. So I see the difference between the racial component. Yeah, I'm not shocked by any of this. Tuesday. It's these people ain't shit. But I'm not shocked by it, and then the black uh, influencer coming out and being like, "I hope nobody's mad that I enjoyed my time." That <laughs> <I laughs> would like that. I'm not gonna I lie. When you like said that, that would be that. Made me laugh. But I'm not shocked by none of this shit. None of this shit uh, shocks me. I, I, I'm
0: not. I never said I was shocked. I'm just disgusted. That's all. I'm disgusted, too. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted predominantly by the government. The government. Caribbean Let's be clear. I'm disgusted by the actual Bermudian government because of the fact that they're choosing to do this, that actually is disgusting. They're putting yeah. the needs of internationals over the people the needs of their own people.
1: Caribbean governments have always sold out their people. I know. Sadly. I know.
2: Don't blame me. Damn it. i <laughs> just so mad now.
1: They're Damn. always sold out there, people. I know. To make it sold the rights to bauxite, which was their only their their only resource, their only natural resource. They show the rights to the UK for like the next hundred and thirty years. They can't even make money off their own resource unless the UK makes profit off it first. Like like what you go to these African nations, every time the government makes money, they have to give it to France first, and France gives them back the pennies in a lesser currency that France doesn't even use in their own country. It's disrespect all around, bro. These, listen, God. these leaders will always sell off their own people. I know. Always sell off their own people. I feel sorry so... for the people in Bermuda, as you said. I feel sorry. I
0: do. I feel bad for them, especially when I hear that, like, some of them have not, like, when you hear that, like, no, I can't, I can't open my business. I can't see parts of my family. And it's like, but here I am going to entertain you. Like, that, ugh.
1: I think when, when they're able to vote and they're able to change their leader, they need to remember this.
0: Yeah, we'll see. It seems like all the leaders seem to be bloody well corrupt in every country. Yeah. <laughs> so even the ones who yeah. go in, I'm going to do great, and then they're like, nah, never mind.
1: <laughs> That's exactly like I said, like. the one thing The one thing that is a truth in life is people ain't shit. Yeah. It's
0: a fact. It's a truth. Yeah. It's a truth. So... The thing I want to talk about. So the reason I want to talk about is because I was listening to, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the podcast is by Grace Beverly. She's this, uh, she's like 22 or 23 year old, like UK. She's from London, and she started her businesses when she was going to Oxford University, and now her businesses are like multi million dollar companies. She started them while in university, and now she's written a book called. Is, I think it's called Working Hard, Hardly Working. And she also ended up naming her podcast that. So the reason why I want to talk about this, it's imposter syndrome. So I'm bringing it up because she had a, she had an episode with Kona, it's either Kona or Kona Walker, who is the owner of House of CB. And she was, she's like on the Forbes 30 Under 30. She's also British. And I've heard about imposter syndrome before, not just in her podcast, but that's the most recent one that I listened to that had it. I was, there was also another podcast by Steve, Stephen Bartlett. He's like the youngest black man ever to be on like the British dragon's den. And they were talking, because he's had multiple ones. There's a couple other ones that have come up where they talk about, have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome? So if you don't know what imposter syndrome stands for, I will read the definition for you. Imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. While this definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it has links to perfectionism and the social context. So, when they were talking about imposter syndrome, both of them admitted in different podcasts that yeah, like they have suffered from it. Where they, where they literally said, "People believe in me," and I, I was looking at them thinking, "What do you mean? Like I'm no, like I no, I haven't actually achieved that." Even though they've have these um, the, these great achievements and that they've you know done these you know written books and have successful podcasts and businesses and all these things, but they themselves have suffered from like imposter syndrome, thinking that everyone eventually is going to realize that I'm really not this person. And the reason I want to talk about it is because I've suffered from imposter syndrome. I have had people tell me that they think that like I'm great at something, or you know, oh my God, like Brittany, like you know so much about this, and yes i take it upon myself to learn as much as i can because i absolutely love knowledge like i love reading books i'm that person who you know i'll see someone like hey remember they're from that movie and that one and this one and i know they're like full name (laughs) and i know random facts but then when people actually tell me that they think that i'm like this person internally i'm looking at them going oh you're just saying that but that's not true like i actually get this type of anxiety slightly where I think that when people tell me that, that I start to tell myself that it's actually not true, where I feel like I'm actually faking it till I make it. And it's weird because I'm aware that I'm doing it, but I'm also aware of the fact that, no, I actually do know these things, but I never think that what I know is ever good enough or enough. And I find that sometimes when you have imposter syndrome, you start to like overcompensate because even though you're doing it, it's like you try really, really hard to do it better than everybody. Because mm-hmm. you think that if you don't people will start to see that you really aren't as confident as they think you are and you don't want that to happen so you start and you kind of become a know-it-all and then that actually can backfire on you where people start saying well, well why don't you just go ask her because she thinks that she knows everything or people start to treat you differently because you're so good at something but they don't realize that you're actually doing it because you're thinking that you have to be perfect at it for people to keep seeing you as this image that you keep putting out there. Because obviously if you're amazing at everything, why would you be bad at something? Because then all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, well now that I failed at this, everyone's gonna know that I'm a fake or that I am an imposter. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I had really bad imposter syndrome when I was younger. And I still sometimes feel like I have it now as an adult. And I don't know if it's because, I can't tie what exactly it is, but I sometimes feel like I'm sitting here saying, yeah, I'm gonna be amazing. And then I'm like, no, everyone thinks that I'm gonna be this like, you know, fantastical person. But I'm really not, and it's it's weird because apparently a lot of people have it, but they don't actually know that they're suffering from imposter syndrome. Like sometimes I will one say one thing. I, I I at one point had a really bad bad habit of having like this perfectionism mentality, but not for anybody. It was only for me. It was just for me. Like I became so hyper aware of the way that people were around me and the way that they perceived me that I never wanted that to stop because I didn't want them to think that I was faking it or that I didn't actually know what I was doing and it's not from recently you know I'm 32 it's not recently but it's I was thinking about it and I said yeah like I I definitely had that and it sucks. <laughs> Cause it's like debilitating because you constantly think that you have to meet this level, this expectation over and over and over again. And the moment that you don't, it's like, you think that everyone's going to lose faith in you. Not realizing that the only person who really has to believe in you is you
2: Mm -hmm. because you
0: have to actually trust yourself. And that can be really hard. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because I keep hearing all these podcast topics and I keep listening to these things and I keep reflecting on it by myself. I'm like, yeah, I definitely had that. I'm not saying everybody does, but I definitely, I definitely knew that I had it and it's, it's hard like at one point i like wanted to Um, be like my sister because i thought that my sister was like the best thing i thought oh my god she's amazing and i wanted to be like her because everybody loved her like it's a really weird thing it took me it took me a long time to get over that
2: Mm.
1: okay
0: have you ever have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome or something similar in that context or not really
1: um not necessarily not to the definition now yeah. Um, I think I think that growing up as, I'm not the first. So when you grow up and you're the youngest, you're constantly in the shadow of your older siblings. I think that's a thing that goes into all families. When you grow up and you're the youngest, you're constantly in the shadow of your younger siblings. I think that's the thing. Now, outside of that, I think that... Um, I think so. Growing up as the youngest, and then growing up in an immigrant family. So when you grow up as your, when you grow up as the youngest, you're constantly in the shadow of your older siblings. That's a fact. And when you grow up in an immigrant family, um, what tends to happen in immigrant families, and this is across the board, this is a generality, is that immigrant families, because they just move to the country, mm-hmm. they. They will will tell you stories about how it was in the old country, and they create an expectation. Now, there's some immigrant families who will tell you doctor, lawyer, engineer. Some immigrant families will tell you you have to go to school and you have to get your master's or bachelor's. Some immigrant families will tell you you have to open your, whatever your system is. But immigrant families will usually have an expectation for their children to meet. And immigrant families also will compare the children. Sometimes they do this purposely. Sometimes it's self-consciously. Um, you know, you get the calls. Oh, do you know your cousin just got into university? Do you know your cousin's doing this? Do you know your cousin in the States is doing this? Or your cousin yeah. in the UK is doing this? Or do you know that they're doing this? How come you're not doing it? Or sometimes it's your brother's doing this or your sister's doing this. Why aren't yeah. you doing this, right? And that's what usually happens in immigrant families because it's that it's that we're going to push our kids to succeed doesn't always work sometimes it does I think it really depends I don't justify that type of parenting of comparing children whether it's self-consciously or on purpose I don't enjoy that I don't think I wouldn't do that if I had children um so I would say growing up yeah I was definitely in the shadow um I had two brothers I was definitely in the shadow I would say my my middle brother because we had the same mom same dad um now he was the first to go to university So therefore, there was an expectation that I kind of had to go to university, um, which I did. And then he took video game development and nobody knew the IT shit was going to boom at that time. And then he got a job coming out of university um, or within a few months coming out of university, I should say. I think I had a different path. I didn't know what I wanted to do school but i didn't want to go back to high school i went to university i opted out of the course that i took initially opted into another course same week i finished my college and then i went to university after that so i went to college first went to university after that but i had a different path i wanted to be something different uh, going to teacher's college um i was in teacher's college i applied i got in i had the grades and then york had a strike and they canceled my program and i got i got let out and then at that point I had to look at my resume and decide what I was going to do for the rest of my life based off what I've done, which is a fucked up thing to do. So it was kind of like, what the fuck's the point of the education? But the education still worked out in the fact that it gets me in the room, it gets me in the conversation. I always mm-hmm. say, once I'm there for the interview, I can sell myself. But I, I, it's weird because I would definitely say that, yes, throughout my life, like I think self-consciously I've been compared to my brother. I think that's a thing. And I think that used to bother me when I was younger. I think as I got older, I just kind of chalked it up to like, this is the way these people are, immigrants. Just, yeah. just like my parents in general and my family in general. like. Immigrant families always want to have the one person in their family that they can hold up, that they can boost and talk about in conversations. You know, you see the image of like yeah. the immigrant mothers and they're like, my son's a doctor, my son's yeah. a lawyer, my son's this, my son's married, my son has two children, my son, like that's that's how they work, right? So I think for a lot of people that grow up in immigrant families, that can cause a lot of stress yeah. because people have expectations for you to do shit that they never even did, Right. And it's based off the fact that they brought you here. So I, I get that. Now, the reason why I don't think it caused imposter syndrome is because imposter syndrome, from what you're explaining to me, has to be a situation where, where you think that you are not good enough. Right? So yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's hard for me to say I had imposter syndrome. I've definitely been in situations where I've felt... I think, okay, you know what I think it was? I think when I was growing up, nobody really had an expectation for me. I'm going to be dead honest with you. Um, I didn't get good grades in elementary school. I didn't get good grades in high school. I actually graduated high school with a D plus average or a C minus average. And then when I got to university, when I got to college, Mm -hmm. I got like straight A's. And then when I got to university, I got straight A's because I was doing something that I cared about into the general topics. Um, And I learned the way that I learned things better than just, you know, memorizing sheets. Yeah, But I don't know. I I think for me, it's hard for me to really say I had imposter syndrome because I don't, because there was no point in time where people expected something of me. Like, I don't, I think when I was growing up, um, I was a very fun loving kid, actually and i wasn't that academically inclined and then when i got to college i became a very serious man and i became more academically inclined but i think a lot of people just judged me on how i was as a kid which is weird to me because i was a child it's supposed to be childlike so i think that nobody really had an expectation of what i was going to be or what i should be i think i think for me it was kind of just like oh you graduated college good job oh you graduated university shit, good job you got into to teacher's college? Okay, good job. I don't think it was like, you have to do this, right? Because I think when I was starting off, I just wasn't academically inclined. So nobody, the expectation wasn't there. Now, outside of that, like, I think I've had periods in my life, maybe, I think the only time that I remember people expecting something of me was, um, I've had moments like this. So I graduated high school on time, which in my high school, not everybody did. And I think that um, at the end of high school, I started to become a very like con- conscientious and serious person by the end of high school, but mainly in college. Um, I left the goofiness behind. Was, it, just, it just disappeared a little bit. And I think a lot of people that know me from high school and a lot of people that know me from, especially college and university, when I was overly ambitious and I was working jobs and I had an idea of what I wanted to do and I was so idealistic. I think a lot of those people have an expectation of me now because I've run into people from high school or that I went to college university with. And the first thing they say is, oh, Justin, you must be successful. You're probably working this, this, this. Because the way I was back then when I was just always about my grind, I think a lot of people that know me from the end of high school, college, university, have an idea of where I should be. But I've never really sucked into that. I've always been very honest. I always just tell them, like, no, I work at this company, actually. No, I do this. Like, I've never really tried to fake the funk. And I guess for imposter syndrome, it would have to be a situation where not necessarily you would fake the funk, but you're not telling the truth. You're just like, oh, that's what you believe? Okay. And then you internalize it, and then you go out there and feel like you now have to do that. But I think because I was very honest about where I was in life with people, I never told them I was doing much more than I was. I think because when I was growing up, no one ever really had an expectation of what I was supposed to do. Sadly, mm. um, I think that I in turn never developed an imposter syndrome, because even though people may have assumed that I was going to be somewhere, especially when I meet them now. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not there. So I don't and like I, I don't I don't want to live in that space because I can see it being mentally draining just because I, I'll say this and I've said this to you before. I guess this is as close as I would get to imposter syndrome. And I've said this many times. I think the issue with our generation, people that grew up in the 80s, early 90s, mainly just say the 80s, is that we grew up where the generation that was told go to school, go to school, go to school, go to school. So we, we all went to school in mass numbers. And we all thought that we were going to have a certain lifestyle. You know, a lot of us thought that we were going to live in a major city in a loft, working at a Starbucks, you know, like you see in movies, obviously unrealistic. But I think a lot of us thought that we're going to have a certain lifestyle. A lot of people of our generation thought that we're going to be married at a certain time. We were going to be in our career jobs at a certain time, and we wouldn't be just looking around at regular jobs. We all thought we'd have kids at a certain time. And you have to remember, my generation went through three financial crises, COVID being the last one. Yeah. Like our whole lifestyle has been turned upside down, right? And out of the people I know, there's only few people I know who actually have purchased homes or who have gotten married and who have had kids. And a lot of these people, it's because sometimes their, their parents or family mm-hmm. helped them. And a lot of these people came out of university and went to the medical field and the IT field, which are the two fields that are actually paying in our generation, so certain circumstances. But and I think a lot of people in our generation, like a lot of our depression on social media, comes from the fact of we thought we would be in a different place. So have I assumed that at thirty one I would be in a completely different place in life? Of oh, fucking course, of oh, fucking course. Has that made me depressed or miserable in a certain way? Of oh, fucking course, it has. Now. Have I had the time to, I'm very rational as well, and you know this. So have I had the time to sit down and logically think about it and rationalize it and realize that I'm not the only one. Everybody in my generation is rethinking their career. Everybody in my generation. I me and you spoke about it the other day. People in our generation might not even have kids because by the time COVID gets all back together and society gets back together, we're in our early 30s. We might be in our late 30s. Then you got to find somebody. You might just be like, fuck it. So I've had time to rationalize it and realize that it's not just me. I yeah. can look the city that I live in. I grew up in a very middle class city. I can look around the city and see that it's everybody. Everybody I grew up in, except for the outliers, which I explained. So that kind of gave me the reassurance that like I'm not alone. I don't need to stress as much. Mm-hmm. Um but even then, I don't think I've ever had it. I think, I think I've think i definitely I've definitely been depressed about and miserable about the way that my life is going versus the way I thought it was going to be. I've definitely mm-hmm. had people that knew me uh, from the end of high school, college, university come up and assume I was going to be doing something. And most times I've corrected. Sometimes it depends on who they are. I just let it go. And, but I don't really entertain it either. I'll just say, right. okay, and I just carry on the conversation. But I'm not going to lie about who I am. I don't do that. I, I mainly will just either correct you or I'll just... Leave it alone and just walk away from you. It depends if I if I know you well enough to even have that conversation with you. If I really right. care enough to, uh, but I don't think I've suffered imposter syndrome.
0: Well, imposter syndrome doesn't make if you, you don't lie about what you do. You don't you don't do that. What it is is that it deals on. It's like that thing of like perfectionism, or whatever you are doing, you have to do it the best, so that when people say something to you you can be like, yes, I am the best, even though you're internally going, I'm actually not. It's actually more of an internal struggle more than anything else, because you're actually fighting with yourself. So it's like, I've never, when people ask me what I was doing, I was like, no, I studied fashion. I studied fashion business and I learned how to balance books. I learned accounting skills. I studied economics when I was in school for fashion. People don't realize that you actually do, actually do something other than cut fabric and talk about pretty clothes all day. You learn the ins and outs of how to run a business, how to make it operate, how you're gonna spend your money, how you're gonna recoup money, all these different things. Yes, there's the aspects of fabrics and all those things. Yes, but you learn so much more. Like when I took the economics course and I had to be a part of my program for me to understand how it works, I realized in my head, I said, yo, I should probably take an economics and accounting because I'm really good at this. Uh, Cause I got, I was really, really good at economics. And when I left, people used to ridicule me about what I studied. Because they just thought that all they wanted to do was talk about pretty things. And that was really hard for me because I said, do you have any idea how much work it takes to be able to create an entire buying plan, balance a million dollars, figure out how your accounting and books are going to be balanced, where your money is going to go, how you're going to create a business plan. I said, I had to learn all these things and I had to implement them in my program. Like We had to run a school store. And you had to literally show your professor that not only could you buy clothing, you could balance it, you could do scheduling, you could do, like, it was a whole thing of how to run a you business. You know what it is? And people just made fun Everything of me about it, know. and it actually made me feel like shit for what I studied. And I was like, yeah,
1: that's- but it's
0: running a business, regardless if it says fashion in the first sentence, it doesn't matter. And I think that's where it that's also came from because I felt like I had to make it be more than like, I had to be like, no, I am good at this. And it made me feel terrible. And I feel like that also made the imposter syndrome worse because then it was like, people were perceiving me. Yes, she's intelligent. Oh, but she studied fashion.
1: I, I think as a, that as a sense. black person, especially, yeah, no it makes sense as a black person, especially when I came out of the mall and I started working in different companies, mm-hmm. I always felt like, I had to be the smartest person in the room just because yeah. once I got into different companies, I started to see the way that people look at you because you're black and speak about you because you're black and the expectations they have of you and you work because you're black. So I was in sales. So I always make sure every company I went to, I killed the sales. I was either first, second or third best person there because I already knew the expectation was already low. Like people just assume I'm just because I'm black. I, ain't shit. I get yeah. that. So I've definitely um, dealt with that. Something you said. Oh, I think, I understand what you're going through. I think a lot of that is the hierarchy of academia. I remember that when I was in school where it's like, I was in a liberal arts program. And I remember we used to shit on the students that were in cosmetology or were in fashion. So makeup or fashion. Because we thought that they were lesser than us. So I remember this. But then there were the kids that were in basically non-liberal arts programs so business economics and they would shit on us and then there were the kids that were in specifically doctorate programs or engineering programs or or health programs that were going to lead to them being a doctor so doctor or engineer and they would shit on them so it was just like it's that it's that schoolyard hierarchy but I understand what you mean but um yeah, I see what you're saying. Was there ever a time where, um, hmm? I think I've always lived by the motto, fake it till you make it. I, listen, I have faked yeah. it into so many situations. And then when I got there, I've learned the company from the inside out and been yeah. a great employee. So that's that's something I definitely understand. I have faked it till I make it. All, all I always say is I can tell. I don't know about nothing but i'll get in there i'll learn your product and your bullshit and i'll sell it the way you want me to sell it of course but yeah so fake it till you make it i definitely understand um but i think when i was fake until i make it i see okay you know me yeah not not only do i tell people that that i like or that i love that um you ain't shit, but i tell myself i ain't shit. so i'm always that person that no matter what happens in my life i've always kept myself at a humble stage I will yeah. constantly tell myself the amount of times I've been in situations where I didn't know nothing at the workplace. <laughs> I'm just sitting there nodding in the meeting, and then they go off, oh yeah, Justin, we need that report. And I'm just like, fuck, 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 fuck. So get to my <laughs> desk. But it's of feeling the pressure of being like, I need to know, I should know, I'm just like, Justin, you ain't shit. You know how you got in here. You know you don't know this shit. And I'm sitting there on Google, researching it, figuring it out, putting it together, finishing it, slap, and it's good. And I'm like, okay, I'm lucky, I'm lucky. And then I'll go on research. Actually, I actually have to do the shit later. But like, so yeah. I've been through those situations. I think, I think it's because with me, I always tell myself as a joke, but I'm being real serious about it, that I ain't shit. So even times when I'm faking it, like I, you know what it is? I'm very self-aware of myself. So, and I've always been this way. When, when I'm doing shit I'm not supposed to be doing, I'm very much aware of it. But in my mind, either the ends justified the means or whatever I was doing in that specific moment, my selfishness wanted this more than whatever else that situation was. But I'm, I'm very much that person. So I'm aware when I'm cheating the system. I'm aware when I'm manipulating the system or lying to the system or I'm aware when I'm full of shit. But I will either put the act on because there's a purpose of why I'm doing it. I will put the face on and I will continue being an ancient nigga just to get yeah. through the phase of what I'm trying to get through until I, until I learn the shit. But, like, I think because I'm so self-aware and I've always been that way, at least since I've been in my first year of college, I've always, like, I times a day. So I used, I used to enter college rooms and be there and be like, doing oh shit you ain't shit you ain't shit you ain't shit and sit in the back and they'll be asking questions oh you what do you think and i'm just like fuck and i gotta come up with some bullshit so i've always like i don't know i just think i've always been self-conscious i've always yeah. lived by by the motto i ain't shit i've always i've i've always known that i was a fraud when i was being a fraud <laughs> like i'm so aware of it so like but there's been a lot of moments. I used a yeah. year ago or two years ago, I was out trying to sell my show. Okay. I know when I'm a fraud, I'm aware I'm a fraud. And I will sit there and be like, I'm a fraud, bro. Like I just it does it doesn't even bother me. Like, you know what I mean? So because yeah, I'm no, so no, I am so aware of it, do. I don't think I have felt yeah, it's really like I wanna agree with you because I understand what you mean by imposter syndrome. Like
0: you and get the concept. It's just that you never syndrome. actually yeah, experienced it, which concept, is fine.
1: Definitely. And I, I feel like, I feel like I've been in imposter syndrome situations.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: just feel like the mental aspect is what it is, right? And I feel like mentally at the moment when I was doing imposter syndrome shit, I knew that I was a fake and I knew I was a phony and I knew I was just doing this to get what I wanted out of the situation. So I was so aware that I wasn't shit that it it, it 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 doesn't allow me to feel the anxiety. Yeah. Of okay, being yeah, an yeah. Imposter yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's because
1: I'm so self-aware that in the in, in the moment mm-hmm. I am an imposter. So I I lean into the bullshit. If anyone's listening to this, I sound like a horrible person right now.
0: No but, you um, don't. I don't think you sound like a horrible person. I think you just sound like you're honest. Like I I have no issue talking about the fact that I suffered and sometimes I suffer from imposter syndrome I just think that it's not as bad as it used to be but I I I find it so interesting how you can meet somebody anyone and talk to them and think wow like they like they're great and not realizing that the person internally is thinking that they are like they're stupid or that they're not that intelligent even though they just spoke to you and had an amazing conversation in whichever way, like breaking it down and That's having the examples. Yeah. It's, it's, it sucks because it, it can be quite debilitating only because and the funny thing is that it's not, you don't need other people to prove anything to you. It's you having to prove it to yourself. And I actually find that actually is harder because you are aware that you are doing it, but your own brain is telling you, well, it doesn't matter because you still should anyway. I wonder if I like because I definitely it's, it's weird. What, it's, it's weird, and it's not care about other people think because no, when people say it to you, you're no, I, no like, I definitely have. I've whatever.
1: I've gone <laughs> through a phase where I felt like I had to impress people or I care what people think. I definitely have. Like we've all been to high school, so it's yeah. like I, 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 I have, um, and even after high school, I kind of had that a little bit in me. Yeah, yeah I, I've done some stuff that
0: I think that at the but, yeah, I think so every I've, person. I've I think every person um, at some point has had a form of that type of anxiety, where it not necessarily was called imposter syndrome at the time, or it could have been like just a level of it, because there are different levels, obviously. I don't think everybody has it, but I sometimes do think that there that that there are people out there who literally are—they're are, they're just, you know, they're great, but they think that they are not.
1: I think the anxiety that people have from imposter syndrome is the anxiety that I had about. I, I guess you could say where other people thought I should be at this age, but my shit was more where I thought I should be. So even though other people did assume this, like I just said,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. I
1: never cared about their opinion. But I think from the way that you guys have suffered from imposter syndrome, like the, what you're describing to me, the mental anguish, is the same mental anguish that I've had with me and myself for where I believe. That I should be at this age and what I should have. Yes, and
0: that that also is very debilitating. Life.
1: So if anything, so if anything, I think what I did at a young age is like. I guess because nobody else held me to a higher standard, as I said in the beginning, Mm -hmm. I think I started to hold myself to a higher standard when I got to college. And that's definitely true now that I'm saying it because nobody was like, you have to be this or, you know, these high expectations of me because I wasn't academically inclined as a kid until I got to college. And then it was just like, I was superseding the expectations and I was working. And I think it was just the fact I was learning shit that I wanted to learn probably. But um, yeah, I think... I think, that, I think that because nobody held me to a high standard, I think mm-hmm. I, in turn, held myself to a high standard. And I think I did this right around the time I was in college. Like, I told myself that I was going to be this and I was going to get this, and I manifested it in my head and thought it was going to happen, and I put in the work for it, too. I was, I was doing everything needed to get what I needed to get. And then even after that, I had other avenues where I thought this was going to be it. Like, I've always held myself to an impression or a standard or or something that was greater than myself. Yeah. And I think right before covid or during covid was when the realization that I may never get to this point or I may never achieve these things or these things may never happen and also getting to a certain age and realizing that like at this point like no nobody wants to be like it's one thing if you're in your younger 20s and I'll just use a rapper because it's the funny point. But it's one thing if you're in your younger 20s and you want to be a rapper or a singer, right? And yeah. you're striving and you're doing your showcases. Everybody kind of respects that. I yeah. think it's when you get into your 30s and you're still trying to be a rapper and, and like, you know what I mean? That's when people are like, okay, bro, let it go. So I think I've got to that point where I got into my 30s. Not saying I let my dreams go, but I've got to the point where I'm like, okay, I need to build a foundation with something stable Maybe in the future I can go here again. But I, so I've definitely got to that point. And that alone has caused me anxiety and like, and a lot of stress because you get to that point where you're like, I should have been here. and I'm not here. I put in all the work. It didn't work. And now I'm, now I got to find something. So I, I understand that. But yeah, it, it falls in the category. I, I feel, I feel like, I feel like I'm like a cousin or a kin to what it is yeah. that, that you guys are going through. It's just, it's I, just more, it's just more, I create the expectation. Yeah. I create the issue, I'm, I'm, I'm holding myself to something that I've created and yeah. I'm now mad or miserable or depressed with myself because I didn't create this. I just think the difference is I'm doing this to myself. So mine's truly mental. Like nobody else yeah. is there adding anything. It's me against myself. self
0: I, I would say that for me, I didn't have, like I was and still I, I am academically inclined even when I was younger, but the problem was when I was younger is I used to get bored. Terrible. So, so I used to sit in class. I'm go, oh so and I would get mad, and I just wouldn't pay attention. And teachers, I think that's a reason too. Yeah. Teachers would literally say, "There's nothing wrong with Brittany. She's just being lazy." And I was, because I was bored. Nothing was interesting. The things I was learning were easy for me, so I was like, "Well, if it's already easy, why am I paying attention? Because you're just teaching it anyway." And mm. this, this is gonna sound so funny. So I had that mentality for a long time. I think the only subject the two subjects that people were like, I don't understand why she does these so well, but won't apply anywhere else were English because I, oh my God, I can write an essay like nobody's business, I can read a book. I love research. Mm-hmm. That is my stuff. Oh my God, I love that I loved good. it. And music I could re- I not only can read music, I can write music, I can sing, I can play instruments, like I'm, I'm happy. <laughs>
2: But it was for easy me, for it me, was English, and like
0: people didn't was, get why she why I couldn't apply that same thing. And I said to myself, "Like it's boring." And I got. I remember I had to go. I had to go to summer school because I had to retake a class. Because again, I, by the way, the teacher was terrible. I hate. I couldn't stand her. So I went to summer school, and I, I ended took up summer school
1: every year for math three years in a oh, row. I did.
0: I, I went and I t- and I met this teacher there. Her name was Miss Lanes. And this teacher, I don't know what it was about her. This teacher made everything so interesting. And the fact that she, and she, this was summer school and she actually took the time to talk to you and figure out the best way that you learned. And I remember I left summer school and I looked at her and I said, I wish you were my teacher. I was like, I like you, I wish you were my teacher. Ironically enough, when I went in for like, when I went back to school, same teacher, Miss Lance had gotten hired at my high school. And I was like, and she ended up becoming my teacher. And I remember when she became my teacher. I don't know what I always had, had my grades were fine, but you could tell that I was just being lazy. And Miss Lanes literally was like, "I know that you're smarter than this and I can tell." And I ended up graduating high school and I had like I had wicked grades. I had more credits than I needed. I could have left before, but I didn't. <laughs> and she was like, "See? You've always been intelligent." I was like, "Yeah, I was bored." I was like, "But you make things interesting." Like she made Cause when I learn, if you're just droning on and on, you will lose me. And at some points I'll be like, oh dear God. And like, you'll see it. Like my eyes will just glass over, I'm done. I'll start doodling on paper. Um, I used to do that a lot. All my essays, once I was, cause I used to write so fast that like, all my essays had borders of little characters of a comic strip I used to write like in, around it. My English teacher used to be so entertained by it cause he would read the comic strip. And <laughs> that was like the only time. And the one time a teacher actually took interest in me and wanted to actually see what I was capable of doing, it was easy. And she made it easy. So like I was academically inclined, it was just the fact that I was bored all the time. And I think that's the part that sucked. I think I would have enjoyed school more if I wasn't so bored. (laughs)
1: I think that's, and okay, as as somebody who is in teacher's college, that's the case of a lot of students. The problem is, is that the school has been teaching the same way forever. So if you are somebody who's able to memorize, and you know, when we got older, we learned about different types of um, learners, whether you're a musical learner, a visual learner, whatever. If you're somebody who's able to memorize shit, you will always do good at school. So the people, the people, the people who get to school and get straight A's their whole life, and it seems like they don't even study, it's because their brain the way that they learn, they're just able to memorize. It's like someone that has a photographic memory. Obviously, they don't got a photographic memory, but they're just able, their brains able to compartmentalize information and memorize it and keep it there and then spit it back out on the test. That's literally what it is. And the students who don't learn like that, that's where the issue comes in. And that's the majority of the students. And you have some students who are able to get after school help and tutoring that either their parents pay for or whatever the case is. Yeah. But you have a lot of students who even the after school tutoring doesn't work because nobody knows how to teach them. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't realize how I learned. I learned through conversation and I learned through media, so like a movie, but mostly conversation. The subjects I excelled in were English and anything to do with ology, sociology, psychology, anthropology. If we are talking about thoughts and processes, and if we are talking about theories if we are talking about why humans do this, if we are having cognitive conversations about a subject and around a subject, my brain, the brain I have, my brain is able to take a topic and my brain is able to digest and unpack that topic and kind of piece together different pieces. And that's why I was so good at doing essays as well, because I was in English. So once I was able to learn these topics about Marx or whoever, and then I had to write an essay, on no matter how long I could extend that essay. So English and sociology, anthropology, psychology, I killed all of that. Um, That's the way my brain works, but I didn't. And like I was also I was a kid where if I was able to find a movie or documentary on somebody, Yeah. I would kill it. I remember there were so many. Like I think I think I had to do a documentary on Darwinism. I started to do an essay on Darwinism, and I literally just watched like a five-hour documentary on Darwin and wrote the fucking essay, and I got it in. So it's like, but I know that my brain soaks in stuff like that. That's the reason why I like movies so much, right? Yeah. So that's how my brain works. But I think only people who are able to memorize things very quickly excel at school and like people people have talked about the fact that the school needs to teach for all learners because by the time these kids get to high school and they're able to learn the way they want to learn by the time they get to the end of high school sorry yeah. some of the kids don't go off to university to figure out the way that they can learn some of the kids just realize high school wasn't for me when really it was the fact that you weren't learning the way that your brain learns and now you're going off to get a job when you could have went to university and if someone just taught you how to learn a little different way you could have been whatever right so yeah I agree. it's a messed up system
0: I, I learn by, so what was it called? I think it was called tactile kinesthetic, was by doing. Do you remember those terms? No, I don't
1: remember that term. But so I, I, I know what you're terms is.
0: So one of the terms that I, so I was a tactile kinesthetic learner, which meant that I learned by doing and I learned visually. So if you showed me something and you only ever had to show it to me once, I could do it. And, that, and by doing it, I was then doing it. So if I had to like do it, like I had to actually see it and then do it and I was fine. Yeah, I
1: have to do
0: and it. it. Whatever like, my
1: jobs, I have to do it.
0: So like that's why when it came to like music, yes, I already like I already could sing. But then when someone gave me a sheet of music and I learned the notes, I never needed like any help again. I could just read it like it was easy. And I think the funny thing is, is that there's so many ways that people learn. That it's sad. So like it's like I I excelled in English for some reason. I never I loved books. I loved books, and I still do. I have so many books that I have to keep them in under the bed storage. I have so many books, and <laughs> but there was this class. I laughed when this course happened. I think this happened in grade eleven. So grade eleven or grade I can't remember now. They decided to introduce a course called sports literature. So obviously, all the boys signed up, right? They're like, ah, it's easy, sports. Me and like two other girls, I think. I think it was me, it was Sam and someone else. We all signed we signed up and we're like, ah, oh, why not? We'll take it because I had taken so many courses and I could take whatever I want at this point, even in grade 11, because I had taken so much stuff. And I took it. Now, here's the funny thing. This course, people thought, oh, it's about sports. I was like, did y'all not see that literature was included in the title of this course? We had to not only read the newspaper, we actually had to do research. So you actually had to apply your skills of writing and research and write about these things that you saw. So all the, I'm not gonna lie, all the guys in my class, they literally were failing because they thought that they were just gonna get to watch sports stuff all day, not realizing that, yeah, okay, we got to watch like sporting events, but you also had to read about it. You had to write about it and you had to like break it down. Like you had to write papers on what you were seeing. And you had to make like a book. So like we ha- I had like newspaper journals. clippings. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was like sports journalism. And so I had newspaper clippings. I had this entire book that had everything in it. And I'm I'm still like this till this day. I hand write all my essays first because I edit my essays when I write them. And then once I have a final draft, I type it. I know that's it's a very long process but it's just the way that I am because I like to physically write. I don't
1: know. I can't do that shit no more. I used to and, do that shit. Handwrite it and then type. Oh, hell. I, I remember. Years, I used to do that shit.
0: I remember that all the kids in the class, at one point, all a lot of the guys came up to me like, and Brittany, can I use your book? And I'm like, no, you can't use my book. I was like, you guys thought this course is going to be easy because it was sports. I was like, why? Because you thought it was manly? I said, you didn't realize that there's actually like people who study journalism or, or broadcasting or something, they actually have to learn this? And I'll never forget mm. that. That's just a random story off the top of my head, but that was a good time. That course was fun. I got an A in that course <laughs> out of any course oh, I, remember I
1: got. Those
0: days. <laughs> good times and good courses. I, but yeah, I brought it up. I think Honestly, I used to like things. I was just going to say that this topic no, go on, go on. Is, this topic, only branched off into other things. Because when you think about it, it's the way you learn. It's the way you process. And I actually think it's a part of it. So...
1: Yeah. Like, I think one of the best classes I ever took at high school was on um, this media fundamentals class, where it just told you, like, what's what media entity owned which channel yeah. and it talked about demographics and the way yeah. the way that the media will pitch things to you and the narratives. And I loved that class. I I went to go enter university for media mm-hmm. fundamentals based off that class. Um, cool. So, yeah, no, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, no, it's a very interesting concept. Um I think, I think for a lot of the people that I guess I'll close with this, for a lot of people that suffer from imposter syndrome, it seems like it's a mental thing. So with that being said, it seems like what it is, is you first have to realize that people's opinions don't matter. And a lot of people realize this, I find when they get into their, it used, it used to be right after college, because that's when nah, you were like in, in your a 30s student in environment. But because of social media, a lot of people stop caring what people think when they get into like their thirties, sometimes mid thirties, sometimes even forties. Like remember when we were younger and you would see that forty year old man dressed like he was twenty seven, and we'd be like, "What the hell?" That's yeah. the nigga that cares about what people think way too long. So, um, so so no, no, I just I just think it's a situation where I think a lot of these people have to stop caring what people think first, and this is hard to do. It's not something easy, but to stop caring what people think first. Um, to realize that they're the only person that they have to impress or answer to, that they don't have to impress their family, their religion, their culture, their friend group, their social media followers. And then I think the last thing is just to be honest with self and realize that you have limitations. And when you come across those limitations, that's when you're going to have to get other people to help you or you're going to have to reach out and educate yourself. But we all have limitations. I remember when I was... um, Trying to create my show, I realized that I wasn't a writer. I tried to, fermented, and I couldn't write the shit the way I wanted it to. So I had to go out and find writers. I wasn't an editor. I had to find an editor. I had to. I had to share the pie. And then, and then, I literally became the organizer of the situation. I was good at putting people in certain places, to get things done. But I could I did I have the skill set to do these things? No. And when I realized that. I accepted it, and I went to go find other people. But, yeah, it's I'm making it sound simpler than it is, right? But I think a lot of that is what those people okay. may need to do to get their mindset out of that space.
0: I would like agree with stuff that. Stuff like
1: that can, can affect you, especially in the long run.
0: It can, and that's why even when I realized what was going on is that I had to start realizing that, first off, I had to stop doubting my own intelligence, and I had to stop doubting what I was capable of doing because – that's also a part of it. Cause you have a lot of self doubt, even though you're doing something well, you're like, yeah, but I must not be that great at it. I had to learn that if I have this skill and I've been able to develop it to where I have, and I have this little, like I am intelligent then I should just accept those things and I should be proud of it instead of thinking that I am failing somewhere. That's another thing that you have to do is you have to realize that you have to understand that there's nothing actually wrong with you. And once you, like you that's hard, it's easier said than done, obviously. But once you realize that there's nothing actually wrong with you, it makes it actually easier for you to start to develop new skills and new things that you didn't Mm -hmm. think you could learn because you're actually limiting yourself. So I would say that that's also really important too.
1: I actually feel sorry for this younger generation because I feel like our generation, we didn't really come up off of social media. Like it came out when we were like in college. We were just there when it started developing. Off of it. So with that being said, like if you've had social media your entire life, and you had, and social media sends you a bunch of images that people are now depressed and suicidal because they constantly see the same shit all the time. And what you just said makes sense. And I can't imagine somebody growing up now who is depressed because they feel like their body doesn't look a certain way based off what they're seeing on social media. Yep. They, they, they could be in a healthy relationship but feel like their relationship is not great because it's not matching the relationships that we see on social media, which are just rich people or people faking the funk, or they could be living a great life, but feel like their life sucks because they're not going on vacation every year. They're not doing these things. So that type of mental anguish that people must be going through now. And a lot of people in our age group are going through this now. We see this. And it's like... I think social media just makes that actually makes imposter syndrome because social media is the epitome of imposter syndrome when I think about it. Instagram Instagram is literally people's (laughs) highlights. Nobody's life is actually like that. Instagram especially is the epitome of imposter syndrome. People put up images about themselves. People do all of this to make their lives seem so perfect. And in reality, this person's at the grips of life trying to hold on either not as rich not as in love, not as happy, not as successful, and just downright depressed and miserable. And it's like, and you see this all the time, like the amount of people in my age group that I've, I don't want to say I personally know, but that are literally my age group yeah. who grew up in my city, who have died that wasn't a result of their own. So either suicide or drug overdose. Mm. It's a lot, actually. It's a lot. Like, not not all these people went to my school, but they're all in my age group, they're all in my city, and Brampton's a small city, so we all kind of, I I feel sorry for this generation, because I feel like Instagram and social media is putting on more of this pressure, where these people, like, there's, and I've said this before on many of our podcasts, right? Like, I know people who are in happy, successful relationships they're happy, and then they go on Instagram and they see a couple who has more money than them and is able to travel to different places and all of a sudden their relationship made shit because they can't travel. I've seen people who are very happy with their significant other. And then they go on Instagram and see another significant other or another couple that they think looks amazingly beautiful and they think that they need a partner to look a certain way, right? I've seen individual people who go on Instagram and feel like they have to look this way in order to be happy or they have to be living this life. They have to have this place. They have to have this job. Like People are really basing their not only success but happiness off of the images that we see on Instagram, which are fake. It's people putting up their – unless it's celebrities who are just rich, uh, agreeable. Mm -hmm. The people that you do actually know on Instagram, it's them just putting up their highlights with filters. It's not not realistic. A lot of these people on Instagram, they look happy. On Instagram, their relationship looks happy, their life looks happy, their job looks happy, their family looks happy. But they're one argument away from a divorce. They're one argument away from a separation. They don't parent their kids as well as Instagram tells you they do. They hate their job. And it makes them depressed every day. They, like, all these things are manufactured, right? And I've always made the comparison of, like, a part of me wishes that I was in my 20s and 30s prior to social media. Like, I mm-hmm. did my 20s and 30s, like, in the 90s and early 2000s. Because yeah. I feel like back then, I feel like once you left high school like or college, you didn't really have contact with everybody. And you kind of got to live your own life, like, without without the... Action of what everybody else may be doing or how everybody else feels about the way you're living your life you kind of get to really yeah. live it right and i yeah. think there are people like myself in the instagram age who really don't give a shit about these people but i think a lot of people do and that's clear to see right and i feel like these people are going through their own their own mental issues going, going through that to be honest so i feel like that's like this the same the same result that comes out of um out of what we're speaking about is the same result that comes out of people who obsess over what they see on instagram and feel like yeah. their life has to be like that or else they agreed. themselves cannot be happy
0: yeah no agreed. oh that was a good conversation man yeah, it was. that was that's good
1: but well, yeah, man. I um, I feel for people who are who are suffering with with imposter syndrome. Like I said, there's ways to get around it, right? That's just from what I'm saying right now. Yeah. I don't know if those are the official ways. I'll we'll see some McDonald's in my ass, but I just think there's there's smaller ways to get around it, right? And I think for a lot of people in this social media Instagram era, yeah, I think unplugging is good, bro. <laughs> just oh, definitely for taking like, breaks from taking breaks from social shit. media
0: is super important. I mean. Taking, taking a break and just like not really t- even turning off the notifications of your Instagram so you don't see it off of Facebook off of Twitter whatever you're on and just taking a break or even um one thing that I've done is I have my phone set to downtime so at a certain time it actually turns it stops my apps from actually like notifying me so I don't see anything and it's downtime So, and if I try to click on it, it'll remind me like, hey, like you've reached your limit for the day. Obviously you can turn it off, but it helps when you stop receiving those notifications and not having to see it. You actually are able to separate yourself. And I think that doing that every day is actually really, really helpful. I've never had an issue disconnecting from it, but I honestly think that it being turned off for me makes it so much easier for me not to pay attention to it. And I think that's actually a healthy way to start is because you can actually make your phone do it for you take a step back, take a break. Or even some people who take an entire weekend off where they just don't go on social media for like an entire weekend. And instead of living your life you're looking at other people's pictures or even being on YouTube watching other people's videos, you're just actually living your own life.
1: Yeah, I so. agree. I agree. But yeah. I agree. Well, we'll leave it at that, man. We'll yeah. leave it at that. We'll be back here two weeks from now. We'll don't forget
0: that. to like this video. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give it a star rating. That would really, really help us. If you're listening on Spotify, love it. Listening anywhere. Uh, Also subscribe and hit the notification bell so you guys know next time that we upload. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys.